Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wait, hang on. (laughs) In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Perfect, perfect, perfect. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Tonight's show, Carolina Panthers seek to fly high against the New York Jets as we anticipate not expect, anticipate, anticipate week one. Football is so close, only two days away. Cody Lashney, my co-host, here to help me, um, I guess, get ready for the Jets and deal with all the questions we got about what this season could be. Tony, I'm pumped. We have Panthers football going forward. Up until at least December. We know that for sure. Every Sunday from here on out, Tony Dunn, I'm pumped about it. You already know there's nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than sitting right here with you boys talking some Panther football, but also cutting it up with the most lit, best Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tony Dunn. You already know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the man that was here, Danny Chan. AJ Lindsay, Sideshow Rob, Tim Estes, Joey the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Nova Black, Robbie Switzer, Tan Tizzy, Tony Dunn. Ain't not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The Panthers are going to play the New York Jets. Actually, they're going to host the New York Jets. They are five and a half point favorites. And recently we learned that the starting line that has been determined for quite some time has been undermined by the COVID protocol. Uh, John Miller is going to be out. Dennis Daly stepping in. And we got CK to help us figure out what's going on with the Carolina Panthers as they approach week one. What's up, CK? Oh, you know, just, just, man, we've been waiting. This week is upon us. Um, even if we're not interested in who's playing this Thursday, I guess we kind of are, but uh, oh. still, 
a big game that we get to watch. So, I mean, we're two days away from NFL football of some sort. Dallas and Tampa Bay, right? Exactly. Home at home for the champions, right? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Man, uh, Dak Prescott returns to the football field, hopefully. Maybe. Um, right. Cam Newton's still without a job. They, and I know people don't want to hear about Cam Newton, but he was. His name kind of, for a moment, went to the Dallas name board. But football is here. It's moments away. Mike McCarthy will look like an idiot, and Tom Brady will look like he's 12. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, he'll look like a, a 25-year-old man ready to win another. He's, he's certainly, he's absolutely sold his soul to the devil, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, he, <laughs> at least he's lathered himself with avocados to right. the point where he is just per- pristine. Right. Dude, he gets an IV drip from the blood of innocent sacrifice victims. Yes, and exactly. he, he, he gets a, a, an intravenous drip, and it's good, dude. He can afford that. If you were Tom Brady, you might do the same thing. Whatever, we're gonna I have to be in more. the old-fashioned way, playing Panthers football and beating that ass on defense, baby. Let's go. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. All the major podcast outlets. Um, go ahead and smash the thumbs up button if you're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube's, wherever you bees. The number is 252-228-5098. Um, let's go ahead and jump into, really, what is the news outside of um, John Miller hitting the COVID? I actually heard there was only two players that were unvaccinated on the Panthers. And now it's reported that John Miller will be out for 10 days, which indicates he's one of the two people. Right. Dennis Daly stepping in at right guard. And I heard a story or Dennis Daly's Dennis Daly saying he feels better on the left side. The Carolina, the questions are all about the offensive line in week one. What do we do guys is COVID already uh, the Achilles heel of this offensive line. Well, and then another thing, um, Sam Tecklenburg has gotten called up from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. Mm. So, again, listen, we have to really take Matt Rule at his word, is that this is this offensive line is IU5, it's under right. construction, and they're going to be moving pieces. And that's why I'm still sticking with my initial prediction that at some point in time, Taylor Moulton's playing left tackle and Brady Christensen's playing right tackle and Deontay Brown is going to crack this lineup. Now, I'm hoping that it doesn't take a catastrophe for that to happen. But I do think it is inevitable. Um, I do think the Panthers are trying to make moves to shore up that offensive line. Um, As people are already letting me know in the chat, uh, I very recently had a very bad interaction with offensive line play. So I'm hoping that my Panthers don't replicate this offensive line hell uh, that I've currently been going through. Uh, so I'm hoping that it's not going to be uh, as bad as it was for me uh, this past Saturday. But I do think um, that the Panthers are just trying to make some moves to 
shore up their roster before they go into this season, man, and start the grind that is an NFL schedule. Just that nonsense of it being your offensive line. That Georgia defense is vaunted, homie. They are legit, and my whole wife's family are all Georgia alums. So, look, I'm rocking my ECU hat, and we then got killed in this by App State. But I watched that defense, and from the first series, bro, bro, I knew that shit is legit. The Georgia defense this year is going to go down. It's one of the better defenses in college football history. That's my prediction. Yeah. All right. And you know what? So is Clemson's. That was a That's defense. Fine. That's fine, that but it wasn't even close, class. man. That Georgia defense looked sick, homie. It does they look sick. sick. Uh, it's still it's still Alabama's title to lose. Sure. Like if you sure. look if you look at what Alabama did and what Bryce Young looks to do and you know, again, this isn't a college football podcast. I think my Tigers nah, will we be fine in due there. time. But yeah, man, um, I'm excited have, just to have football back. CK, this week we um, host the New York Jets. Yep. Formerly, um, I guess we have some, there's a lot on the line. We've uh, talked about this as being a cool week one opener because the Jets drafted uh, Zach Wilson and the Panthers traded for Sam Darnold, the former Zach Wilson. Now it's kind of a revenge game. Five and a half point um, advantage for the Carolina Panthers. How are you feeling heading into week one? Um, I feel like uh, we better not sleep on the Jets. You know, I listen, I mean, everybody wanted to talk about Zach Wilson not looking good in training camp, but like when he was in the preseason, he looked like he was pretty sharp. Um, and uh, I think that it's worth a. Uh, it's worth worth maybe acknowledging that maybe uh, maybe these guys aren't going to be even though they may be in rebuild, um, it, they have a lot of the pieces that they need to to build on, and uh, you know it could very well be a trap game if we go into here not expecting Zach Wilson to actually be a quarterback who can get stuff done. Cody, I thought this is um, I think the Jets were trash last year, and I think the Panthers could be. All of a sudden, I'm kind of riding with you right now at this moment. We could be very good all of a sudden. The offense has a lot of pieces. We're waiting for the Joe Brady magic to take effect. And LSU's, what is his name? Ogeron or whatever? Ed Ogeron. Yeah. And that dude is still crying for Brady to come back home as they struggle. Right. Yeah. So we're waiting. We're waiting and waiting for, we have a lot of offensive pieces. Right. We do have the pieces. And then on the defense, there's excitement there, homie. Like, I'm starting so to think here. Week one, Sam Donald's just better than average. I still think we win by double digits. Yeah, Go and forward. I think that the I think that the defense is going to give him some leeway to play. I mean, I'm, we're all hoping and, and feeling like this defense is going to be special. And I really think so, too. I know Panther fans think so. And I'm thinking that, you know, if we're able to come out there and just start smacking fools and start to get some takeaways and get some interceptions, I'm hoping that it provides that that opportunity for the offense to find a quick rhythm. Right. Hey, you know, hey, you're going to have some bad plays. And I think going into this game, we're all going to want to overreact to every good play or every bad play. It's going to be hard to actually take a breath, 
take a step back and look at the entire game for what it is, which, by the way, we're going to be breaking down on our post-game show right after the game. Um, but I, I think that this defense is going to give our offense an opportunity to play fast, to play loose, to feel like their mistakes aren't as big as they might have been otherwise. Um, and I'm hoping that this uh, these playmakers that we have on our offensive exterior boom early because they have all the potential to do so, man. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and now you open up that big Terrace. body red zone threat and Terrace Marshall, and, and now we're ready to roll. And by the way, Joe Brady already knows how to use Terrace Marshall to his maximum effectiveness uh, when you use him at LSU. So we should be ready to roll, man. I'm all about Terrace. Terrace, dude, I have, you have made me a believer in like 20 days. He made you a days. believer. You're right. Yeah. But you were singing the praises. You were whispering the whispers in my ears. Sweet little and you're nothings. right. He did make me a believer. I think that's a safe jersey to buy. Carolina yep. hosting the New York Jets in week one. Uh, CK, we, um, in some ways, we've been looking at the front end of this schedule in a, uh, I guess, in an anticipated light. And what I mean by that is we're, we're hosting the Jets, uh, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. Then you get the Saints who have somewhat been hobbled. I am not, I'm not worried about these injuries. I think they're still dangerous. Yeah, uh, the you know the Saints, and then you get the Texans after that without Deshaun Watson. They named Tyrod Taylor the starter. Carolina has a lot of expect. I won't say a lot of expectations, but don't you expect the beginning of the season to be good? And oh, if it's yeah. not, that would suck, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, listen, I mean, we have a young team, so I could see us getting started off to a rocky you know, uh, beginning, but, uh, listen, I, 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 luckily we have the home uh, field advantage for a couple of weeks. Um, we're this game against the jets is probably going to be an identity, uh, finder. And we're going to find out who we really are and, and, and what type of, uh, players we're going to be, you know, we're going to continue to try to be. Um, but yeah, those, these guys are, are, uh, I, like I said, I think they're too young for us to just come out of the gate, just, the the barrel just hot and smoking, you know what I mean? I think there's still a lot of growing that needs to be done, um, especially with us not really knowing what this offensive line is going to look like. You know, how how often has it been that it's not until midway through the season that we see some sl- some, some sl- solidarity, I guess, within the uh, offensive line or uh, rotation orders and things like that. Um, so I, it's starting off fast, could very well be possible, but it also is very, in my opinion, unlikely. Well, here's a question that kind of adds to that. Uh, and I think this is our boy Tacos here from uh, here from Periscope asking a question. Uh, is it fair to give this offense a few weeks to get going? And I think that's a decent question. And I think a lot of it is how our defense plays. If our defense does play as well as we're hoping, then, yeah, they might give them a little bit of leeway. But especially, you know, with my opinion that I've been having that this offensive line is not going to start in its final form that, you know, different changes are going to have to be made along the way. And again, I hope that it isn't a catastrophe that causes that, but I don't know. It depends on how long we're talking, you know, how many weeks 
I mean, we're ideally we're hoping that our offense can find some kind of good rhythm before we play the Saints in week two. I'm giving no leeway, homie. Zero leeway on this offense. No. You can't tell me, of course, the offensive line has been bad. This is it's just as bad as it's always been. It's no worse than it's ever been. We're getting Christian McCaffrey back. We have DJ Moore, who is just Mr. All Day. I mean, they just go to him every play, and he's there. They got Robbie Anderson. They got Terrace. No, there's no excuses for this offense to start off slow. And if any, and in fact, it should start off hot, hot as defenses trying to catch up. Or maybe actually they say no. No, they usually say defenses have the advantage early. I don't believe that should be the case here, man. We got a lot of stars on this offense. I ain't giving no leeway on that. Because this defense could be, like you said, a game changer. But we yeah. cannot just rely on this defense to be like a top 10 defense all of a sudden. That's not fair to them. There's a lot of talent on this offense. Right. We have to I'm play not giving any leeway. Yeah, we have to play complimentary football. We can't leave our defense out to dry and just right. let them It's not fair stay to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say weeks. I mean, again, I would say going into to, to Dallas, we should have a very good idea of what our offense is capable of doing because we're going to see them against right. against a very hurt, um, not fully formed defense in the New York Jets, which we're about to preview here soon. Um, but then right after that, we go from a lax opponent to a division rival who, for the past couple of years, their defense has been – as nasty as you can find potentially even in the NFL. So, I mean, we're going to have two very different kinds of tests um, in those first two weeks. I mean, this Jets game is the perfect opportunity for us to get things correct on offense before we play that division rival. Dude, we have to stop losing to the Saints, if we don't man. Put, if we don't I'm put up 23... I'm going to say this. If we don't put up 23 points in every game for the first five games, I'm going to be disappointed. Like, big-time disappointed. 23 points. That's not crazy. Yeah, I mean, no, that's not. But I I, I want to... I mean, yeah, 23 like, should be, be the floor. I say 23 should be the floor. We're playing... This offense should at least be able to put up numbers, some basic numbers. I'm tired of giving them the pass, right? There is talent on this offense, and it better deliver. And when I say I'm tired of giving them the pass, we didn't give them a pass. We had to deal with Teddy Bridgewater, who couldn't give us the numbers. I need to see some touchdowns, Tommy. Big time. That's yeah. what I need. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not even just touchdowns. We need to see explosive, like an, like an explosive offense. We haven't had that. Right. It, it, we haven't had that since 2015. Like to be to be completely honest with you, Cam Newton. 2017 has, was a good year, but it was just a incremental it was, year. It, like, it, it was it was like field. that was that moment when when I, I guess um, I, I, he w- I know Cam was hurt from 2016 with his shoulder still, right? It wasn't the major injury that happened in 2018 uh, with the TJ Watt hit, but he was still hurt. And in 2017, you could tell that he wasn't heaving the ball down the field. Like it wasn't happening yeah, as often. The TJ Whitehead was 2018. 2017, yeah. he was the 
I mean, eleven and five. We can't talk we about were. Cam on this yeah. show. We're not. But what I mean, anymore. yeah, what I mean not, by that no is no more talking about Cam. We've been despite been, what our comments say after every video we post, where the comments is like enough talking about Cam. Yeah, we I can't. know that's what I'm saying. We can't talk about him. We got to move on um, to this. But yeah, I mean, we haven't we, we haven't had that explosive offense since 2015. Right. I mean, it's just the reality of it. Like we haven't had. Tegan Junior has been our biggest downfield threat. And uh, since probably since C. Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, name one who's been a bigger downfield threat than Ted Ginn. That's how long it's not been. one. You know not what one. really, you know what, That's guys, right. you know what really hit me heavy over the past few days? I mean, yeah, of course I want, we want to win. We want to go fucking undefeated if we can't. Right. But man, I really want to start kicking the ass of our division. I'm tired of losing with the oh, Saints. Good luck with that. I'm, I'm tired of fucking around with the Falcons. And I'm not even down with this foregone conclusion that, you know, Tampa Bay is just supposed to roll over everyone this year, dude. Every game is a new game. And I want these Panthers to go in there feeling like they're the best fucking football team ever fielded. <laughs> Every single Sunday that they go out, man. I mean, oh. really, I, I, want, I, want to, I want these Panthers to kick ass and take names, dude. I, I mean, especially when they're on these division rivals. We got to put the, speaking of um, kicking ass and taking names, we got to get to this Cromartie Jr. comment, which I think is not related to Antonio Cromartie because he's only got 3,000 followers or something like that. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Um, you can be a part of the show, 252-228-5098. We got Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet coming to help us uh, preview the Panthers hosting the New York Jets in what is an exciting, at least for week one, matchup. So check us out there. Guys, um, did you see this? Is that Antonio Cromartie? Did you? I sent it to you earlier. Um, this tweet that says, uh, like, um, Corey Davis is going to make JC Horn look like a speed bump or something to that. Yeah. Corey Davis is going to make JC Horn look like Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Jeff Okuda. That's what it was. What's up with that? And is that person real? I don't think that's the real person. Um, he's got 4,000 followers, but I I would probably... 4,000? I have more than that. Yeah, he I would not probably be. not him. All right. Is um, that who Jeff that, I, when, when you sent me that, I thought that it was just like some bullshit Jets fan. I didn't even see Well, it that. turns out the, it was. The Jets are actually following him, though, by the way. Huh. Like the actual team. Chat. I mean, hey, Chat. let them run up to get done up, bro. Jason Horn's about to slap these pussies in the fucking mouth. I'm telling you, dude. And people are not ready for what Jason Horn's about to do this year. I have man, I've been consistent this whole way through. Before oh, even seeing a single snap of Jason Horn, he is already one of the most important parts of our defense, and and he's gonna go out there and prove it real damn quick. Too, Love I'm it. telling you, so dude. I want to smoke that. tonight, bro. Dude. Outside of was, linebacker, we have some studs on this team. Like you're right. Like if you look at like we have like if you, if you look at this, we have some core players that could put us in a in a higher echelon of defense that we haven't seen since uh, 2013. 
You know what I mean? Like we have we have a, a cornerback that has the potential to be a shutdown corner. By the way, Dante Jackson has been winning me over with his interviews. Like he actually comes across yeah. as a really mature, like leadership type of a guy. Like I still I gotta still see it on the field. I gotta actually, you know, go there. But I mean, even with this gameplay in the preseason, I've been thoroughly impressed with him. Um, he very well could be playing himself into a nice contract this offseason um, or this season. But, uh, you know, we have we have a, a ridiculous defensive line, you know, with uh, Brian Burns leading the way there. Um, and then you look at Jeremy Chen. I mean, like we have like even if you just look at those three, J.C. Horan, Brian Burns and Jeremy Chen, we have like three incredible or potentially incredible players that that could swing the the, the trajectory this defense has had um, and, and put us in a really good spot this year. I agree. I mean, look, is there some like again, injury could is the ultimate equalizer or diminisher exactly. of the NFL, but I'm with you is I feel like Burns Chin, we got and if we're talking about Horn being rookie of the year, like that's crazy all of a sudden the superstar talent that you're accumulating. All right, the number is 252-228-5098 if we were to simulate this season and the Carolina Panthers, because we've got six minutes to do this. The Panthers season, in a nutshell, is it plus 500? Is it mediocre? I saw somebody say that um, somebody did this. We were 5 and 12 and picking number one. How long would it take to see what the Panthers did, CK? Right now? Yeah. I got it already done. We're going to do it. All right, let's see what. Put it up. Let's right. see this uh, Madden. What What is Madden? The algorithm of sports tell us. I'm sure whatever it is, it's not kind. <laughs> what would be kind to you? All right, before he puts it up, what would be kind? Oh, dude, I think them giving us a nine and eight would be kind. Dude. I think right. everyone. I think everyone outside of Panther fans, whether it's you know power rankings that I've been seeing or. Madden or whatever it is, everyone outside of Panther fans just thinks the Panthers are shit, and they're going to be shit this year, and they're going to be picking. Uh, it would be top nine 10 and eight, nine and eight. So I, I would say this, nine and eight. All right, let's see it. That's what I want to see. Uh, wait, hold on. so I'm I'm about to throw it up here on 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 screen, but CK, before we do, give us a little bit of that sweet, sexy shame that we put on these people over here. Subscriber shame. Hit that like, motherfuckers. 100 people watching the stream, 42 likes. That's all we ask. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell to get updates every time we go live. You know you're going to want to hang out with us when the season starts. And I don't know if you've noticed, the season is about to start. So hit those like buttons. Without further ado, let's get to this mad simulation. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this is a 16 game. This is based on the live uh roster that EA has for our up to date roster. Um, and so it's got us winning it's 17, right? 17 it's 17 game, games. Right? They've got us winning 12 out of the 17. Whoa, hell yeah! What? Yeah. Think, Man, think about I it. I take back every bad thing I've ever Bro, said about you. Think about look at all these games though. Like, there's only a few that are kind of like blowout. We lost significantly to the Cowboys and we were winning pretty significantly to the Texans. Everything's within a touchdown, other than that. 
like if like it's win, it's very very if close. Win against the Saints in week two. Go to week two. Look, if this is our week two, I'm gonna be out of control on this point. If we 30? win 35 to 30 against the Saints, I will be out of control on this podcast. When I mean, you going through this, <laughs> going through this schedule, it's clear. Like honestly, I could see this being possible. Like if you look at the wins, like the losses are Cowboys. They have the potential of being a really good team this year. Uh, the Vikings, I think that's a bit of a, a stretch. The Patriots have the potential to be a fantastic team as well, depending upon what Mac Jones brings. You have the Bills, the Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, you you have a plenty of people here. I mean, the, the teams we're losing to are like playoff caliber teams other than the Vikings. And everybody else, you got to think, Jets, the Saints are a big question mark at quarterback. The Texans clearly aren't going to be doing anything this year. The Eagles are a big question mark. They don't even have a quarterback that I think that anybody's going to have any confidence in. The Giants, the Falcons... Um, the Cardinals are again, you know, they're they're kind of Look a middle of the pack team. Win on the road against actually, I think this is now. I'm, I'll be right I'm back feeling this a New England and yeah. New winning at home, New England setting us off then to go and win against the Cardinals. All right, so we um, as we are waiting, we're gonna get some uh, calls in here in just a second. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. We're going to have Scott Mason in here in just a moment to help us preview this Jets game. Week one, Cody, let's go back to this, is that as the Carolina Panthers are ready to enter this season, that could potentially, like Madden says, be a 12, like you have said over and over, boom or bust-like season. Yeah. In week one, how do you think the Panthers come out? And I'm not saying, like, do you get a win or this and that. It's like, what are your questions? What are your intrigues? Where is your focus? Because for me, it's like this. is Number one, the story is all going to surround Sam Darnold. And if Sam Darnold doesn't, at least at the very minimum, barely exceed average, it's going to be a tough, tough ask for the Panthers in any week. I think it will. Tony, one of the things that I've been saying for months now is that this entire team has something to prove. Nobody can rest on the laurel of their records or anything that you've done in the past. Yeah, there's no record. it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> and, and frankly, none of it is really proven. I mean, even for as, uh, The best proven player on our football team right now is easily Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And, you know, after, and after the year that he had last year, he has to prove that he can hold up to a full schedule after being paid all that money that we paid them, right? Everyone has something to prove. Everyone. And the, the biggest thing I'm looking at is honestly this defense because we really need to remember that across the field is a rookie quarterback making his very first NFL start, okay? We need to make this dude see some ghosts like Sam Darnold did once upon a time. I see us using Jeremy Chen on a lot of blitz packages from the nickel position. I can see some fire blitzes in there, but I can also just see them um, uh, shifting the protection uh, and and rotating the coverage um, uh, post-snap. So that way you you confuse Zach Wilson and give him some different looks and really try and put our defensive backs in some advantageous matchups um, and we have to get him out of the pocket, man. We have to let him know that if you think that you're just going to sit back there and chuck the football downfield, there are consequences. 
And those consequences are named Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and Hassan Reddick. I saw a story from Joe Person, um, and it was like uh, 10 things that you can expect. Or I mean, it was just like a, he had to fill some space and he had to come up with 10 lines. He said that uh, Hassan Reddick would not duplicate, like his kind of guess, his hot take, was that Hassan Reddick would not duplicate his success of last season. I'm starting to think you add these two guys beside each other like that. He might play himself into a big time contract. And I think he bet on himself by coming to Carolina with a one year deal. Yeah. Something else to remember is that, uh, you know, his bookend for that season was Chandler Jones and Chandler Jones was hurt most of the year last year. So it's not like he even had the benefit of having, Chandler Jones on the other end, uh, like he did last year. But uh, again, but it's it's the combination of all these players together. It's the speed of both Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick coming off the edge. Uh, it's Derek Brown being able to be that beast in the middle and, and really eating up double teams and potentially even triple teams, and just allowing our linebackers to play fast. You know, if, if we're going to take that next step in believing that Jermaine Carter Jr. is going to be our full-time inside linebacker. Luke Kickley always talked about and stressed the importance of those defensive tackles, that if those defensive tackles are getting pushed and being disruptive, it allows them to flow through those gaps and play fast smash mouth football. And while we have a linebacker core that's, you know, kind of shaky right now, that's important for our guys. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast. Uh, go ahead, smash the thumbs up button and be a part of the show. The number is 252-228-5098 as we get ready for opening week of football. Cody, let's go ahead and bring in our guest, Scott Mason from Play Like a Jet. My buddy, we are opening the season against you guys. Uh, and I would say... If this was a week eight matchup, it would not matter. And what I mean by that, the storylines <laughs> would not matter. But week one, it's a perfect matchup. Sam Darnold, the Panthers traded for him, as well as the Jets have moved on to Zach Wilson. Sam Darnold 2.0 to some people. Man, it makes for some fun storylines in week one of NFL football. Yeah, plus you got Robbie Anderson there too. So you got the Darnold Anderson connection back in in action. It'll be it'll be fun. I, I think this is something where for both teams it really could be a pivotal matchup because I was just talking to my buddies on the uh, Rockpile Report. They do a, a Bills podcast, and I was saying how if the Jets can win this game, they could go back home to face the Patriots with major momentum and the crowd will be just completely amped. It'll remind me a little bit of 2009 when the Jets beat Houston on the road, then came home and beat the Patriots. The Patriots are obviously right to be picked off now more so than at any time in, you know, about the last 20 years, especially considering that even though the Patriots weren't that good last year, the Jets were absolutely terrible. So this is, this is huge for both teams. Because I think if Carolina can win and Sam Darnold has a good game and he develops early chemistry with 
uh, with Moore and with Anderson, and obviously if Christian McCaffrey, it looks like he's good as new, then you could have a situation where the Panthers could surprise some people. So there's a lot riding on this momentum-wise for both teams. I'm very curious to see how Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich attack Sam Darnold because obviously the Jets know him well. This coaching staff wasn't here, but still the the front office and, and other players on that defense had to practice against Darnold. So it'll be very interesting. Like you said, I, I think there still would have been some intrigue if this was middle of the season, but this is way more intrigue week one than it ever would have been at any other time. Scott, it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned playing the Patriots and, you know, potentially the Jets using this Panthers game as a springboard to build momentum against the division rival. Because I was literally just saying that about us before you came on, is that after we play the Jets, we have the Saints here at home. Right. And and our history has not been too kind in recent years whenever we play the Saints. And, you know, I think looking at especially the difference between those two teams last year, you know, a lot of Panther fans, frankly, are looking at this uh, rebuilding Jets team as an opportunity for the Panthers to get right on offense and defense. It kind of seems like you guys are thinking about this relatively the same way. I want to kind of move to your defense. You guys have been kind of injured. Uh, the injury bug has been going around. You guys recently brought in, um, I believe it was, help me here, was it Shaq? Shaq yeah, Lawson, Shaq Lawson right? Yeah, Former Shaq Clemson dude, yeah, right? Yeah, from one of, my, one of my, uh, my Clemson Tigers. Tell me what you're expecting from this defense and how do you think this matchup will change now because of the injuries that you guys have sustained? Well, the, the injury that, that hurts the most, obviously, was Carl Lawson, who was the big offseason acquisition. No, I said Jack he, Lawson. It's Carl Lawson. Well, no, no. Shaq Lawson's the guy they got, so you were right. They okay. just traded okay. for Shaq Lawson. But Carl Lawson's the one who got injured. Uh, he was tearing it up in camp and just absolutely dominating, and it looked like he was going to be the first really strong edge rusher the Jets have had really since John Abraham in 2006. And now, well, 2005, they traded him in 2006, and now he's out. So what Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich are going to have to do is lean on the strength of the team, which is the interior defensive line. They've got Quentin Williams, who looks to be an emerging superstar. John Franklin Myers, really good pass rusher. You guys are familiar with Sheldon Rankins. He looks to be back to pretty close to full health, and he's dangerous when he's healthy. Foley Fadakasi is one of the best at stuffing the run on the interior defensive line. So they're going to have to lean a lot on that. The edge rushers are pedestrian as, as they have been over the last couple of years. They just got Shaq Lawson. They've got Bryce Huff who flashed a little bit, did well in camp this year, but he was an undrafted rookie last year. The inside linebackers, they're relying on late round rookies. So you've got Hamza Nasraldeen from Florida state who I like a lot. I think he has a chance to be a really good player. Uh, Jamie and Sherwood, is another one that they're going to be relying on a lot. But C.J. Mosley comes back. So he looked really good in camp, and that's really what people are hoping, that he's going to be back to form. But remember, he barely played the last two years. He opted out last year, and then you have a situation where the year before he got hurt halfway through the opener, came back for less than a quarter against the Patriots, and then that was it. So they're weak there. The secondary, the cornerbacks, that's another area where the Panthers could probably take advantage because Bryce Hall from Virginia 
He, he played fairly well last year in the less than half a season that he played coming off the injury, but he was a fifth round pick last year. They've got a couple of late round rookies who are probably vying for the other outside spots. I would assume Brandon Eccles is probably going to be the one that ends up there. So that's a matchup you could exploit. And then the safeties are another unit that are pretty strong. You've got uh, Marcus May, who's one of the best safeties in the league, free safety. And then the strong safety is going to be, uh, why am I drawing a blank? LaMarcus Joyner, sorry, left my head for a second, who struggled a little bit last year with the Raiders, but We're familiar before that with, with the him, Rams. Man. Say that again? We're familiar with him. Like We've played him. Right. A right. good bit in the past, and he is a good player. Right, and the thing with him is he struggled with the Raiders because they tried using him at slot. That's not where he's comfortable. He's going to be back as a strong safety now with the Jets. That's really where he's better. So so I think there are areas where the Panthers could exploit. I mean, we'll see what Joe Brady's made of here because, as I said, edge rusher, they're very thin. Inside linebacker, very thin. And cornerback, very thin. So Sal and Ulbrich are going to be challenged to try and use that interior defensive line and use some different safety looks to try and fool Arnold and to try and get some pressure on him. So we'll see how Brady counterbalances that. But that's the strength of the team right now is those two safeties and the interior defensive line. The rest of it is very much a work in progress, Cody. We're all wondering about, I guess, the mystery that surrounds these teams. For us, it's the mystery of Sam Darnold. Can he be a reclamation project? Yeah. Um, what what can this team be? You're dealing with a um, a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback who is going to be started from the beginning. And if I am not a rookie, I'll be able to play this. Let's see if this works. I have a lot of experience, you know, when it comes to. I think this is Greg Van Roten. In the NFL. As a 31 years old, I don't know if I'm bring, breaking news to you, but you are the, the old man in the locker room. I'm curious yeah. what, you, what you think about that. Interesting here is the Carolina Panthers are one of the younger teams in the league. We have J.J. Jansen, who is, um, I guess, 30-whatever. Greg Van Roten, a former Carolina Panther, uh, is the oldest guy on your team. Is that true? He's the old man, or is this the – one of the elders is he the oldest because if so you you gotta be a young team with a rookie head coach a rookie quarterback and greg van roten as your old guy well i'd have to look and see the ages of all the guys i know that van roten is 31 i think morgan moses is either 30 or 31 who's one of the other guys on the offensive line i'd have to look at the rest of the team's ages off the top of my head he he's might the be oldest not, dude. Yeah, he might be the oldest. Yeah, if he's not, it, it's right there. So. There's your podcast for tomorrow, dude, is who's the oldest jet. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, honestly, the, the, the thing about it is they're going through, and you guys are doing it in Carolina now too. You're, they're going through a rebuild where they're, they're trying to stack the young talent. And even in the offseason when they made the free agent signings, other than Morgan Moses, who's 30, they leaned younger. Corey Davis is 26. Carl Lawson is 26. Even Sheldon Rankins, I think, is like 26. So they were going after guys that were in that sweet spot. And they leaned heavily on draft picks over the last couple of years. And, and they're relying a lot on those guys to step forward. We'll see what Denzel Mims does. But 
Obviously, there was a lot of hype around Elijah Moore in training camp this year. You've got uh, guys on the defense. I mentioned Bryce Huff, for example. Quinn and Williams, I think, is like only 22 or 23 years old. So you could go down the line of the guys that, that they consider the core pieces. Even C.J. Mosley, I think, is only 28 or 29, believe it or not. So they have a very young team. And that, that's going to be an interesting, <clears throat> an interesting thing for the Panthers to test because there are a lot of guys that are not as experienced and are still developing. So it'll be, a, I think, a very fascinating matchup. And like you said, Cody, we, as Jets fans, we're looking at this as a real test of, okay, if they can get by the Panthers and then come back home facing a division rival that isn't as strong as it has been in many years, the Jets could potentially surprise some people. And I think with the Panthers, it's the same thing with the Saints. The Saints have got to be at the weakest point they've been at in a really long time. Breeze is gone. Michael Thomas is hurt. Jameis Winston, I've always liked him, but we got to see what he can do in this system now. So it'll be really interesting. Two teams that are hoping to be on the upward trajectory that are relying on a lot of younger players. Yeah, I actually want to talk about one of those young players specifically, and we'll stay on that offensive line with, uh, with there with Van Roten. Uh, there was this controversy. Uh, I wouldn't really say a controversy, but – this narrative happening around Makai Becton that he had uh-huh. come into camp overweight or that he, th- th- there was just a, a lot of weirdness going on with that situation. I was wondering if maybe you could shed some light on that, what those rumors exactly were, how much truth there was to them. And do you think Makai Becton is looking to be that franchise left tackle that you think you drafted? Yeah. So I think really what happened is, he had the plantar fasciitis and then Robert Sala made some cryptic comments. And so people read into that, but then Makai Becton was posting photos, uh, excuse me, videos on his Instagram of him looking like he was in phenomenal shape, especially for a guy, his size. And from what I understand, once he finally started to practice at camp, he looked just fine. I think the big problem is that he was getting beaten really badly at camp on a regular basis by Carl Lawson before Lawson got hurt. And really what the story there to me is, is that when Makai Becton was drafted last year, and I loved, absolutely loved Becton, even before the draft, I I just saw so much potential in him. You got to remember when he was at Louisville, they didn't do a lot of true pass sets. So he was always going to be a work in progress, particularly with his hand usage and his technique. There's going to be a lot, even his footwork. That was something that Makai said to me when he came on the show. I asked him about it, and he said that he'd been working with it, uh, working on it with Big Duke, Duke Manyweather, who was his his trainer. And so, when he exceeded all expectations last year, people were like, "Wow, I can't believe how good this guy is." I thought it was going to take him a while to get up to speed and become the player that we were expecting. I think what probably happened is a lot of these teams started to look at the tape and started to see some weaknesses that maybe they weren't seeing when there wasn't any pro tape on him. And again, remember, because he didn't have as many true pass sets at Louisville, there wasn't as much to look at there. So maybe that's part of what was going on with Carl Lawson is that he sat down and saw and there's some technique stuff. And we may see that when the regular season starts because Preston Smith from the Packers was dominating Becton when they were doing the dual practices 
at training camp. So you heard a lot of that, and that was what people were starting to go to. But I think there's also the distinct possibility, and you see this with some players, that in practice they get beat up a little bit, but when the lights are on, boom, there's a switch that goes on. Because even last year, when Becton went up against Jordan Jenkins, who I would hardly say is some sort of stud pass rusher, Jenkins would get the better of him a fair amount of time in practice. But once the game started, Becton was really having his way with a lot of these guys. I mean, he did really well against Bosa, for example. And there were a couple of other guys that he really made look ordinary. So it's going to be interesting to follow. I think it's very possible that he may just still very much be a work in progress. And our hopes got higher than they should be because he overperformed early. And now teams have looked at the tape, and that's why you saw a little bit of that regression. I think the weight narrative got overblown a little bit, and I think it really is more to do with the technique and all that. But I'm, I'm curious to see how he does. I know he'll probably be facing Brian Burns on Sunday. And Burns, he could be a breakout candidate this year. He's been pretty good for you guys the first two. Yeah, he's been pretty good. Here it comes. He's 12 yeah, that's what, this year. That's what I'm saying. Like Burns is that guy, Tony, that could very well be a breakout candidate. And so I'm curious to see how he tests against Becton on Sunday. It'll be one of the more interesting matchups. What do you hope to see on Sunday and expect to see in the season for the Jets? And what I mean by that is Tell me what you hope for week one to be and what you're what you believe the 20, I guess we call it the pandemic season, the second part of the pandemic, the 2021-22 season. What do you expect it to be for the Jets? Well, I think the main thing that I want to see is I want to see that the Jets got a lot of key decisions right. And so here's what I mean by that. I want to see Robert Sala looking like he's the coach that could be here for the next 10 to 15 years. I want to see that his staff truly understands how to utilize the talent. I want to see that the young players are developing, especially, of course, Zach Wilson. But beyond Wilson, even guys like Elijah Moore, I want to see good play from Michael Carter. I want to see Elijah Vera Tucker and Mekhi Becton playing well and starting to become a big part of the foundation of that offensive line. I'm not as concerned about wins and losses this year as I am about coming out of the season thinking that the Jets truly are on the right track. Zach Wilson obviously is where it begins and ends. But for this season, if they can give me a fun offense that looks like it's headed in the right direction and the guys in charge look like they know what they're doing, I'll be happy. Now, obviously, this Sunday against the Panthers, I'd like to see the Jets get a win and certainly – I'd like to see Zach Wilson outplay Sam Darnold because I'm sure you can imagine the headlines are going to be really, <laughs> really annoying if Sam Darnold plays well and Wilson doesn't play well. It's going to be like, oh, did the Jets make a mistake trading oh, Sam Darnold? So I'm sure you can imagine, Tony, I don't really need that. Uh, so I would like to see Wilson outplay Darnold and the Jets win. But as far as my overall season hopes – if they win five or six games, but all the things I just said seem to be pushing in the right direction, I'll be fine with that. I'm not really concerned. Look, if they contend unexpectedly for a playoff spot, great. That's an added bonus, but that's not really what I'm expecting. 
Who do you want to work more, Sala or Wilson? Uh, gotta be Wilson because look, <laughs> I, I know that's so silly. It's a stupid question yeah. in a way. No, we I mean, no, but you, you want Sala to yeah, work too, though, be because both. yeah, it's, it's very important. But uh, Wilson, it's just you know how it is, it's so hard to get a legitimate, like, franchise level quarterback, and it, it, that's a weird term because I think there's various tiers. Like, to me, franchise quarterback means a guy that could be a Pro Bowl-level guy. But then I think that, you know, there's there's tiers, right? There's Kirk Cousins, who I, I think more highly of than a lot of other people. And I think he's the kind of guy that, like, he could be a Pro Bowl type. He's good, you know, and you could have him there for 10, 15 years, whatever. But if you can get that guy that's above that, what Cam Newton was for you guys for a little bit in Carolina before the injuries took their toll and he physically started to break down. Yeah. Uh, even a guy like a Matt Ryan or Philip Rivers, or obviously, you know, if you go a little bit further than oh, that, gosh. you talk Don't about give me that Philip Rivers. Don't give me that Philip. Yeah, uh, Cody, I was going to ask you this, and it's just on uh, Scott's point. Is you know how you know you got a franchise quarterback when you don't talk about his ass? You know what I'm saying? Like we're all talking about our quarterbacks. That's the thing is that when you have a franchise quarterback, you're like. Oh well, what do we got to do to get yeah. our defense right? Well, what do we got I mean, to do? Me, we don't got a punt returner. We don't got this. You're not sitting there talking about the quarterback. All we do well, is talk about the quarterback to, until to we me, got the, one. To me, the quarterback is the opposite of the offensive line. Even if the offensive line is doing good, you don't ever talk about him, right? But the quarterback, they're going to get all the conversation if they're winning or if they're losing. And Scott, one of the things I want to ask you, and uh, you know, one part of the reason why so many people here in Carolina or optimistic about what Sam Darnold might be able to do is not just because of Sam. It's what we can provide to Sam. So we have the, we have weapons here. We have Christian McCaffrey. He's able to reunite with Robbie Anderson. And we all think that DJ Moore is another one of these guys that people could really be talking about in a different sure. kind of way after this year. So my question in relation to your team is what are you expecting from Zach Wilson with the current offense as it is? Do you have enough weapons for him? I know you guys are very high on Elijah Moore, and that's a name that apparently he's been very impressive for you guys in training camp. But outside of him, does Zach have the proper pieces around him to put up a competitive offense this year? By the way, before I even answer that, I should just say when you mentioned DJ Moore, I used to live in what's called the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And I watched DJ Moore play live when he was at Maryland. And I, so I've been a DJ Moore believer for quite a while. Oh, cool. and, and I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of his. I think he's going to do a great job for you guys. I, I love that, that core that you guys are building in Carolina. I really like Terrace Marshall Jr. too. I think he's going to be a really good receiver for your team. But as far as, as far as Zach Wilson, though, I think they did a really nice job of taking the right steps because one thing that's been a problem for the jets is ever since 2015 and i'm not going to say 2016 because everything fell apart but they did have the same guys and then i think decker got hurt so it wasn't the same thing but in 2015 they had brandon marshall they had eric decker they had an emerging quincy and they had a really good receiving core now I don't know that I would say that any of these guys, at least as of now, we'll see what happens with Elijah Moore if he turns into something more. Uh, 
I don't think any of these guys are as good as Brandon Marshall was. Like, you don't have a bona fide number one receiver. But what you do have is a deep group of very solid to good receivers. So you've got Corey Davis, who's a very good player. It's not great. I don't don't think he's going to make an all-pro team, but a very reliable target, very talented. You've got Elijah Moore, who, as we said, he really stood out in camp and the reporters I talked to just couldn't shut up about him every single day. It was Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore. Keelan Cole is going to be the fourth or fifth receiver, and he's a really solid wide receiver. So, you know, you have him at the back end of your receiving court. You've also got Jamison Crowder, who is one of the better slot receivers in the league. You've got Denzel Mims, who we'll see what happens. He showed flashes last year, a little disappointing in camp this year. But again, if he's your fourth or fifth receiver, you're pretty deep at the position. So I think they gave him some good weapons there. The running backs, it's kind of a a weird situation. You don't have any one bell cow, one guy who is going to get the bulk of the carries per se. But you've got Ty Johnson, who looked fairly impressive when he was giving carries last year. You got Michael Carter, the rookie out of UNC, who looks like he could be a pretty good all-purpose weapon. You've also got Tevin Coleman, who will get some touches here and there, but seems to really know the system. And then you 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 take a look at the offensive line. And well, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're world beaters. What I will say is we talked about Becton already. And while there's going to be some more bumps in the road, he obviously was a very impressive rookie last year. You got Elijah Vera Tucker, who they drafted in the first round, who looks like a very clean prospect. And it would be tough to be a downgrade from what they had at guard last year. You bring in Morgan Moses, who is a really good offensive lineman. I I know he struggled at points in camp a little bit, but I think that anybody who is coached by John Matsko, and I should just say, I'm a little biased. Don't say that name on this show. He's the most overrated offensive coach in the history of coaches. (laughs) Tony, Tony, don't slander John Matsko. I'm I'm friends with. I'm friends with. I'm friends with his nephew. Let's not go there. So that's why I'm pumping up John Batsko. Everybody but, but says all, his name. I said his name for 12 years, and then everybody sucked. But it, but in all, but in all, offensive line. How can you be a great coach and never but, have a good offensive line? Well, he had a good one in Washington last year. But I mean, my my main point is that Morgan Moses is is an upgrade over what they had at right tackle oh, yeah, last year. Wonderful. Beckton should be better than what they had. Uh, you know, he should be better in his second year, I should say. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker should be an improvement over Alex Lewis. It would be hard not to. You still have Greg Van Roten. And then, I mean, Van Roten's whatever. But then you have Connor McGovern, who you know struggled You're at welcome. times last year. But, but you hope that if, if you've got other guys around McGovern, now it'll help lift his play. So I think they did a fair amount to improve the offensive line. The running back group should be better than it's been the last couple of years. And the receivers should be much better than they've been really since 2015. So uh, to answer your question, Cody, do I think they've surrounded him with the greatest supporting cast ever? No. But do I think he has a fair amount of weapons and improved protection? Certainly much better than what Sam Darnold had. Yeah, definitely. The Panthers have two main weaknesses for their team. If you ask any fan right now, it's going to be the question surrounding our team surround the Offensive line and the linebacker core. Where are the where are the question marks? If we're going to ask you where the question marks about the Jets were, what who is your offensive line and linebacker core to us? I guess. So their inside linebackers are very thin. <clears throat> their edge rushers are very thin. 
The cornerbacks are not particularly uh, seasoned. And, uh, yeah, so I would say those are the main areas. Your On defense, offense. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like your defense yeah. sucks if yeah. you say it like that. All right, our defensive well, well, ends, our here, linebackers and our cornerbacks, that sounds like well, we should – throw up 40 on you yeah well but i will say this though keep <laughs> this in mind robert Sala last year with the 49ers had a lot of injuries and he was thin in a lot of positions he wasn't expecting to be thin at and that defense massively overachieved what was expected of them after the injuries. so i'm curious to see what him and jeff olbrick cook up the other thing is of course you know we don't know what these rookies are going to do but if these rookies perform at a higher level than we're expecting then that defense could be better than than it looks on paper. So yeah, I mean on paper the the Panthers should be able to exploit some mismatches, but we'll see. It's it's very much a work in progress in a lot of ways. So Scott, I want to call your attention first to a matchup that I know us Panther fans are are going to be looking at, but I think you Jets should be looking at too. And just like you guys have been head over heels impressed with Elijah Moore, I'm here to tell you. We are loving what we have seen from our first round pick, JC Horn. And the oh, yeah. matchup, and the matchup that we're all excited about is JC Horn on Elijah Moore, because that's two very good, very highly touted rookies coming out and doing battle to start the week. I think that's going to be one of the best uh receiver cornerback matchups uh in all the NFL this Sunday. I, I mean, let, let alone just being two rookies. Um, and then the next one I have is a question for you. We would be remiss if we let you go without mentioning the name Frankie Louvu. Because <laughs> I don't I don't know what that what that name means to you, what that guy what that guy <laughs> did for him. you as a New York Jet. But let me tell you something, Scott. This dude has come out of nowhere. He has done nothing but fly around smack people in the mouth and just be an overall demon on the football field. And it couldn't come at a better time. Our linebacker depth right now is by far one of the biggest weaknesses on our football team. Tell me anything, if at all, you know about Frankie Louvu. And is it such a surprise that he's coming on this strong for us right now? So first, before I get to Frankie Louvu, I should say that I was co-president of the J.C. Horn fan club leading up to the draft hey, with, Caleb, right. with Kayla Pace, who I know you guys are going to have on after the game on Sunday. Kayla is a uh, South Carolina alum, so she really is is in on J.C. I've been I had been saying since very early in the college football season that J.C. Horn was not just the best cornerback uh, in the draft, but that you could make a legitimate case that he was the best defensive player in the draft, or certainly right there at the top. I love Horn. I, I think that he's going to be an absolutely phenomenal cornerback. And so, yeah, him and Elijah Moore should be a really fun matchup. I hate to have to root against J.C. Horn, but I, I'll have to do it this week. As far as Frankie Lubu, it's interesting because he's one of those guys that was sort of like a weird, scrappy underdog fan favorite. He was an undrafted free agent. He would – make an occasional play here and there, but he was what you would call a try hard. So he's not one who's like super physically gifted or anything like that, but he would always, he had such a motor. That was the thing you kept hearing over and over again in training camp. 
before you saw the actual games. And in the games, he would make some plays here and there. I have, I'm not familiar with what he's been doing with the Panthers so far, so I'll take your word for it that he's been really killing it. And I'm happy for him. I hope that he does well for you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens during the regular season games. He was more or less like a decent rotation piece when he was here. So if he turns into more than that for you guys, that's awesome. I, he was always, by all accounts, a really good kid, hard worker, somebody who you know was was a uh, you know always gracious uh, to to the media and the fans. So if if he ends up being the guy that you're talking about right now and, and being more than he was when he was here, great, good for him. I'm, I'm glad to see him doing well. All right, final question: Who wins on uh, Sunday? Oh man, that's a tough one. <laughs> There's only two answers, unless you say. Well, all right. Well, you got to remember, I'm somebody that watched Sam Darnold for three years, so I saw the ups, I saw the downs, I saw the highs, I saw the lows. So it's a very difficult mm. question for me because here's what I'll say: If the Jets can find ways to confuse Darnold early, get him out off his rhythm pressure him and and force him into making mistakes, then I think that the Jets will probably win because I think the Jets are going to be fairly conservative with Wilson in game one. They threw a lot at him in training camp and they wanted him to be ready for stuff. But as you saw in the preseason, they sort of went slowly with him. I think if, if Darnold, I really think that this game is going to be a matter of how well Sam Darnold plays. If Darnold has what we would call a good Darnold game, I think the Panthers will win. I if he doesn't, Darnold I think. Game. Well, that's what we used to say because Darnold. I know. I mean, that, I can, I'm adopting that right away. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. already in my vocabulary. Yeah, we used to. I, I know it was uh, Dan Hansis from the Around the NFL podcast. He used to call. He's a big Jets fan. He used to call Geno Smith the Geno coaster because you didn't know where you were going. The ride was going up. It was going down. <laughs> Darnold was very much like that. But I will say, Darnold, when he was playing really like his good games, I mean, look, he's obviously super talented. There's a reason why he was drafted where he was drafted. So if he gets in a rhythm and he's he's playing well, you know, he can. The Panthers should should win this one fairly easily. But if the Jets can fluster him, if they can force him into turnovers, which we've seen happen quite a bit with him as well, those would be the bad Darnold games. If we see bad Darnold, I think the Jets will win. So that I I, I can't. I'm not sure who's going to win. It's a toss-up, but I think it's all going to ride on how Darnold plays. You cannot set the fence any harder than that. Scott, tell them where they can find your work at, brother. Well, first of all, you can find me sitting on a local fence near you. Uh, you just go to <laughs> uh, a fence. I'll be sitting there. But you can, uh, you can catch me uh, every single day, seven days a week. God help me. Brand new podcast. It's uh, – it's obviously it's called Play Like a Jet. You can download it, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, wherever else you, you download podcasts, iTunes. Uh, yeah, also, we don't even know. We just make them. We don't even listen to them. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just throw them out there wherever people find them. And then we've got playlikeajet.com. We've got the YouTube channel, which has close to 1,000 subscriptions, which is awesome because we only started it uh, about – two or three months ago. So anybody that wants to check that out, we welcome that. Uh, play at play like a jet one on Twitter, Tony, you were gracious enough to come on uh, that show. We're speaking right now on a Tuesday. 
tomorrow morning, I technically, I guess, so midnight, only a few hours from now, the episode with Tony breaking down the Panthers will be up. So if nothing else, come listen to that one to hear the professor talk about the Panthers and, and enlighten us about what we should expect, kind of the reverse of what you're listening to now. And look, throughout the week, this week at least, I don't know about after this week, you may not care about the Jets after this week, but we've got a bunch of really cool shows this week talking about the Jets from every angle. So if you really want to hear even more about the Jets than what I was talking about on the show today, you know, go ahead and check it out. And we've got great videos up, film and everything. So, and Kayla, who is going to join you guys on Sunday, she's got her commentaries up there called Pace's Playbook. By the way, Tony, I told you, when she comes on the show on Sunday, the one thing you have to do is start the show by letting her praise J.C. Horn. So I hope you're okay with that. It's all right. But- no, uh, I'm about to uh, put on a blind date with Cody Lashley. She might have no choice, but to, uh, he praises on J.C. Horn after the day. It's true. Yeah, she then, already yeah. loves him. She loves him. She's yeah. gonna, y'all are going to get married in J.C. Hornland. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> if that was an actual amusement park i think i might go but yeah guys i really appreciate you having me on it's always a pleasure anytime you want me to come on you know i'm happy to do it and tony i love having you on so i'm glad you were able to make some time to come on and enlighten us about the panthers and look obviously i'm hoping the jets win but i hope that it's a competitive it's a competitive game i hope it's a fun game and i hope that after this week that the panthers do really great. well and surprise some people too gracious. Thank you, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. You can find him on all your major podcast outlets. Too gracious. We want them to lose. I want the <laughs> I want Sam Darnold to to deliver it. And I want to have a beautiful piece of pizza one day with Scott Mason, who says he knows every great pizza place in New Jersey and New York. I love it. All right. Uh, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252 5098. Uh, CK's back in the house. Would you like to listen to a cat call or let's do it? All right, because then I need you to pull up that David Newton nonsense. We got some of that to talk about later. 252 228 50. So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good, like and a three and a four. And- Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. I just want to say one thing. Cody? Cody. Oh my so god, Cody. dude. You got to cover this the right Tigers, man. Talking all that shit about them puppy dogs. Oh my <laughs> puppy dog bit that Clemson ass. That's what happened. You know what I can't wait for? You want to know? You, hey, Cody, 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 you want to know what I'm for? You know what I'm for? South Carolina play Georgia. And I can't wait for South Carolina to score a touchdown, a touchdown single. <laughs> or more. The game That first one. Because what Clemson are you talking about? One. One touchdown, DJ out there looking. You know, you know DJ, oh DJ, Cody. Yeah, you talk about DJ. DJ needs to change his name to JV because that's how he's looking out there, looking like a JV team. 
South Carolina is going to whoop that ass this year, Cody. Just accept it. Just accept it, brother. Just accept it. Is it done? Oh, my God. I, I, I Listening to a South Carolina fan gloat about another SEC team beating us, what else is new? All they do is celebrate the other teams that do beat us because South Carolina can't do it themselves. Uh, listen, man, shout out to the Georgia Bulldogs. The Georgia Bulldogs straight up beat my Tigers' ass. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We're going to be all right, though, man. We're going to be all right. Uh, our offensive coordinator needs to figure out what the hell he's doing. Tony Elliott, uh, one in five in the red zone, and you do nothing but pass the football. It was ridiculous. That's another time, another show. But if you're a Gamecock fan, understand that that's all you're going to do is celebrate the victories that other teams get over us. You know, the team that you can't beat. So, oh. uh, Next call. You missed the call, man. Podcast <laughs> brothers, how y'all doing? It's G of RCA. What up, G? Hey, man, I know about y'all, but I feel like a goddamn fucking kid on Christmas Eve, man. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Our first game against the Dagon Jets. I have us winning against the Jets. I'm not really worried about them, but at the same time, I take no team for granted, man. Hey, if you guys, <laughs> if you guys look at Panthers.com, they we they picked up uh, that tackling bird dude, man. They released him. I think they put him on the practice squads, but now he's coming to play guard. I think he's newer. Just a positive for that COVID shit. And, and quick question. What y'all think about that dude, Michael Jordan, man? What do you guys think about him? Not the basketball player, the football player. What do you think about him playing guard? Yeah. That has my antennas up because I really believe that they're going to push Moten to the left. I just have that feeling. Give me your thoughts. Yeah. So I remember vaguely watching some Michael Jordan clips when he was coming out of Ohio, uh, out of Ohio State. I believe he was a center for them, or he played some guard and some center, um, and then he didn't make the Bengals roster, and then we picked him up. Um, listen, dude. No, I, there's I, one I, play, Cody. Cody, there's one play, supposedly, um, that he was the one when Joe Burrow got his knee injury. He was the guard that got rolled over on him. So not only uh, that, that is like a lot, a lot of people are like, oh, he's just going to get your quarterback hurt. Not only does he suck, but yeah, he's okay. get your quarterback hurt. One play, it doesn't even sound like we're even trying to put him in the starting rotation at the moment, does it? No. Uh, by the way, I don't want us to miss out and not do our due diligence. Uh, 89 Jay Stubbs gave us a 199. It says, Sorry for missing the show. Catch it tomorrow. No problem, brother. Uh, and the man that was here had a question, uh, for Scott. I didn't notice until right after Scott had to leave. So, my apologies. Thank you for the five dollars for the man that was here. Um, we definitely appreciate you guys, man. We appreciate the love and support. And, um, yeah, what was so, the question? Go, Bring it back real quick. Yeah, he, well, he basically wanted to know what um what he felt uh there. Yeah, but it would. Oh, well, we kind of got we kind of did that as like a little of what do you want to see on Friday, yeah, on Sunday, and what do you expect to see in the season? Back to G. Cavassier's call. Uh, Michael Jordan is, I would say, an irrelevant name at this point. Not like I'm not, I'm not trying to say it doesn't matter at all, 
But we're not really. He's not a fixture or even, I think, um, being fielded as a rotational player. I think the Tecklenburg story, like he brought up, is actually more interesting. Not more interesting. That's not, I don't mean but But you've been interested in Tecklenburg. He played the entire second or first preseason game. Yeah. They practice squatted him. They, they, so they saw something they liked. Why now? They're starting to pad this offensive line for the COVID bug. Yeah, I mean, I think they're preparing for COVID, and they're just preparing for, frankly, uh, an unknown road ahead of them. I mean, it, once again, Matt Rule said out of his own mouth, this is ID5. It's a work in progress. And, and, you know, we've all been saying this. So I think they're preparing for that. They desperately want their current offensive line formation to work out. And yeah, we do too. Even though I'm not, even though I'm predicting that that will not be the final iteration of our offensive line, the one that we start with this Sunday. But you know, I, I'm I'm still hoping that whoever we try out on the field is incredibly successful. They just have to C- go out there and prove it. CK, do you think that COVID is a increased storyline throughout the season or a decreased storyline? Increased, we- unfortunately. Mm. So you think more and more each week we will have to continue to deal with these types of discussions? Just, just look at outside of what's happened during the preseason. You got to keep in mind, even with preseason, the, the stadiums aren't always filled to the brim. This time they're right. going to be filled to the brim. Like there's going to be packed houses all over the NFL. Um, and... You know, I think that that's going to be an impact. Um, I know that they're not necessarily out there near the uh, near the players, uh, but I mean, listen, I, there's the way that this thing has been spreading. I think that it's clear that these guys are still capable of getting it. Um, you know, in, in a lot of different ways. So I think it becomes a bigger issue the more as, as we go on because there's more and more and more cross. Like because it's just new people going to these games every single time. Yeah. I think it's just constantly going to. Continue it's nonstop, to, it feels yeah. like it just is exactly. nonstop. And then, oh, all right. The number is 252 228 5098. Let's go on to the next call. Hey, guys, Chuck from Elizabeth City, uh, aka Carolina Sports Guy. I kind oh, of uh, want to get you guys' take and just kind of briefly tell me one guy you think is going to be a hero for the Panthers this week and one guy who's going to be a zero. And I'll take my hero, and I'll say my hero for the week is going to be Brian Burns. I think he's going to get two sacks in this game. And I will say my zero is going to be our left guard, Pat Elfline, because I think he's probably going to give up two sacks in this game. Uh, but I'm just trying to go out there and, and see what guys look good this week. And, you know, somebody's bound to disappoint. I'm picking this for about an eight-point win. Um you know, it's always going to be closer than we think. It'll always be a hard-fought game. It won't be easy. Uh, the main thing is to stay healthy. Um, give Donald some confidence. I think McCaffrey's going to score twice, probably one catching the ball, one well, running the ball. There's your hero. Um, but, you know, the solid guy's <laughs> a pretty good coach, and I think the Jets will be better than what people think they are. But I still think this is a good way to go ahead and get us a game. And let's go ahead and get Terrace Marshall his first touchdown this weekend. All right, guys, I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Chuck, from Elizabeth City. My hero is going to be Sam Darnold this week. 
That's right. My man, Joe Brady, about to get this offense cooking. Week one, revenge match. Establish Sam Darnold's confidence. My zero, I hate to say this. I think it's going to be Shank Thompson. That's going to be the zero? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, if I'm like, if a player right now plays above average that exceeds my expectations, it's, it's Shaq Thompson. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Shaq Thompson plays average this year, I it will slightly exceed my expectations. I, we, we've wanted him to just meet our expectations. Right. Like, just be as good as, as, as we're hoping that you'll be at a floor level. And we that's feel like average. Really, yeah, that's what I'm trying like, to say. Is average is my expectation. If he plays that, he kind of exceeds it by a hair. You know what I'm saying? If he's average this year, I'm gonna be like, thank Jesus. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we're who's we your hero this week? Then who's your hero? Let's not overgo on my zero. Who's, who's your my hero? hero? This week? Yeah, is that Chuck wants to know who's the hero this week? Versus the Jets, and who's the zero? He said Brian Burns. Mm, easy. Tasty. I'm running, hey, hey, hey. I'm, I'm, I'm running with the defensive rookie of the year. I'm I'm, I'm running with, with J.C. Horn. I like you it. already I know, like man. It. Like, dude, I've been, I, I've been on this. I'm going to stay on this. I like I'm not even going to overreact to the rookie bullshit. Yeah, he's gonna have some holding. You ready for him to be? You ready for him to lock down most from day one? I like this. I like this expectation. You are not saying that being a rookie is even acceptable. You know who's gonna be right. I love it. I love it, man. If we have that type of corner, if we have that, who's the last corner that was like that? I mean, dude, no, the, not I, not for the Panthers, just straight period. A uh, Peterson, he's kind of like that for maybe, a minute. Uh, maybe a little bit of Jalen Ramsey, although his teams were never that good that he was on. He was the dude um, that played for the Jets, and he played for the Bucks, and he played for everywhere. He's like the best corner in the history of the world. Oh, um, um, Island. Well, uh, what's it? Yeah. Like that's what you're already putting the expectations in. Fuck, why have a player? Ravens. 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 Thank you, thank you, slideshow. Sure. Sure. All right, let's go to the next. Uh, oh, code uh, CK. What is uh, your hero zero? I think uh, my hero is going to be Sam Darnold. Mm. Uh, because I mean, let's let's be honest. Brian Burns is expected to do well. Jeremy Chen is right. expected to do well. Um, and to do well. yeah, everybody's expected to do well. The only question mark is, and you might even say there's a question mark around J.C. Horn, but he was a, a high draft pick right. that has not played a single game yet. So his expectations are pretty high as well. I think it's got to be Sam Darnold. Like, Sam Darnold is going to be the hero. If we're going to be able to pull this out and show that we're a contender in this league, it's going to be Sam Darnold. Uh, and I think our zero... Um, I hate to say it, but I'm I'm right there with you, Tony. I think it's going to be Shaq Thompson. If we really um, were talking about like what it makes, what it takes to make Sam Darnold a hero in this game, (laughs) 
He's going to be a hero if, like, like, what's the game that he has to have to not be a hero? If he throws two touchdowns and one interception and 275 yards, that's a hero game right there for me. And I'm not saying it's a real hero game, but what I'm saying is, like, what would be the game that would make you real well one would be a loss right the team loses so i mean if he threw for 400 yards and we lost that would be saddening a little bit but what i'm saying is this is that i'm okay with 275 two touchdowns and interception and the panthers win i'm gonna say sam darnold's a hero at that moment if that happens so i would also like to update my zero which I'm hoping that this, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that this doesn't happen, okay? But I've, it, I've, I, at least I'm being consistent, and I already told you that I was worried about this position, and that center, and Matt Paris, and oh, the fact God. that he's going up against Quinnen Williams. Now Quinnen Williams, that main name might not mean much to you, and he hasn't been great, you know, up in up in New York. Uh, he's starting to come on now, but I maintain that that guy was one of the best, if not the best defensive tackles that I've ever scouted coming out of football. I think what was true for Sam is also true for him is that he was being coached by Adam Gates, uh, didn't have a lot of help around him. And now he has Robert Sala, who is a great defensive coach. So, I mean, as much as I hope and pray that it doesn't happen, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if I could see a scenario where, Quinnen Williams is just kicking Matt Paradis's ass up and down the field, mm. or even a combination of Paradis mm. and Elflin, which is even more of a nightmare scenario. Yuck. Well done. Well, well, way to put that into a terrible and disheartening perspective. <laughs> a frightening scenario. I know. Yeah, that sorry. was. All right. Let's go to the next call. 252-228-1598. Hey, listen, it's uh... I guess last week's Pittsburgh recap podcast. Oh, by the way, it's Scott from Winston Salem. What's up, so Scott? So you guys are talking uh, <clears throat> offense. Why do we have four tight ends? Why couldn't we have kept Davis and got rid of Ian Thomas? Because the three that played in the Pittsburgh game, or the two that played in the Pittsburgh game, Trimble. Oh yeah, they were it. So I just don't understand. It's turning out to be we have a Panthers East, a Panthers South, and a Panthers North. North being Buffalo, East being Washington. And if we ain't careful, Washington is going to pick up most of our good players off of the practice squad. So I agree. We need some work in left tackle. Paradis is absolutely horrible. We need to. Mm. We should have found us a different center. Right on time. Instead of trying to pick call, up Cody. Tackle. Really, we wasted a pick. We could have picked a tackle in the seventh round. I mean, there's a bunch of good players from the fourth and the seventh round. So I, I just don't understand, but I'd like to get you guys uh, just thoughts on the offensive line again. I know you're going to talk about it. Uh, I think uh, I think the one before the Pittsburgh game, you guys talked about the offensive line and how it's not going to be the one-all, be-all. I totally agree. There's going to be some changes coming out. Dante Brown, yes, needs to play some. This is a plant call, you and plan. I don't this is Cody. Don't work some <laughs> second string and third string linemen in with the first string. There should be multiple looks 
and for these draft picks just to come in and instantly start, I just don't know if I'm too sure about the, like that. So, Cowboy um, Cody, anyway, thank you very much. I'm uh, stopping the call there. That was you, bro. That was me. <laughs> that was you in a cowboy voice. He sounds a little different. He is. He said, "You guys are. You guys are speaking the same language." I mean. Yeah, man. Straight up is this offensive line. Um, what what last offensive line for the Carolina Panthers was solidified and stable, though? I feel like I am right at home with this offensive line. Like y'all are all panicking. I feel right at home. I think that Cam Irvin in that early game didn't look that bad. I'm ready, man. I well, want to bring back. Matt Khalil, you want to bring back Byron Bell? God, I'm ready. Well, but again, I'm also not ready. It, it goes back to that prove it <laughs> deal that all the Panthers are having to do. Everyone's having to prove it. Well, to me, Cam Irving looking, you know, consistent against backup Steeler players. Yeah, like, I'm, for not, one I'm not. Play, I'm, I'm damn totally, sure not. I'm in. I'm damn sure not ready to just anoint him left tackle, especially when Brady Christensen did look good at that position. The position right. that, by the way, he played all his college career at BYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he was impressive at, at uh, right tackle for us as well. And Taylor Moulton even looked good in his reps at left tackle that he had during uh, practice and <clears throat> joint practices with the Ravens and the Colts. So, yeah, I mean, this offensive line has good people on it it's just not all of our best players are starting and Deontay Brown and I, I, I've said this on Twitter I don't know if I said it on the show but the fact that we do not have Deontay Brown as a member of our starting offensive line frankly I think that's a disservice to our entire team he was by far the best interior player that played on the Panthers offensive line starters or backups this entire preseason Entire preseason. He makes our team better right now. He makes Sam Darnold's life easier. He makes McCaffrey's life easier. I don't know why the Panthers are doing this Ron Rivera bullshit where it's like they're choosing to play the older veterans first. Like, I don't know. Have you seen something better from them than what Deontay Brown has put on the field? Because if not, why are you wasting everyone's time? Right. I don't know. I know. Um, CK. Yeah. Can we do a dumb David Newton segment right now? Yeah. Do you not have the uh, David Newton debacle? Oh, is that that? Yeah. Hit me up with the David Newton debacle. Wait, what? Do you not have that anymore? When I sent you? Oh, I got it. I got. Oh, anyway, do it live and impromptu. Did you guys know that David Newton is a? Debacle. <laughs> no, I missed it. I, were, I was waiting for you to finish. <laughs> that was it. That's all I had. All right. David Newton debacle. <laughs> David Newton debacle, guys. Uh, just like the debacle of this podcast in that segment was. Uh, David Newton. Um, did you actually? I saw somebody say this because this is how my brain thinks. I go one thing, I go to another real quick. Um, somebody I saw put up a tweet about, um, I think it was Koontz, and he's like one of my favorite Twitter files at 
K-O-O-N-C-E, Kuntz. And he said something like, what does the Charlotte Observer pay their reporters with honey buns or something? Because these mugs be out of here like crazy. Oh, yeah. Elena, Get- Elena Gets- Getzenberg now, I believe, with ESPN. Yep. Um, and Marcel... Uh, Remember no, she's not Marcel even. She's John- not even. It, it, no. Was it ESPN that, that that she went to? Yeah, she went to ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I thought for the Bills. Yeah, and she just it was, uh, yeah, did Marcel, just like Marcel. Yeah, yeah, and he's now he left. He's not with the Bills anymore. Now he's with ESPN. He's covering something else, right? Um, so as we have to deal with all of uh, the good reporters leaving. Right, we have to remain with David Newton, and David Newton broke some news. And let me see if I let me hold on. Can I put? Um, I might. Dude, doesn't it suck how many good reporters we've actually had that just end up well, going somewhere? And then, to, uh, and then you, know you can't keep somebody. Look, David Newton is the best reporter to ever hit the Carolinas, bro. He gets more clicks than any reporter in the history of the world. I promise you. Why do you think he cannot be removed? Um, recently, uh, we heard that John Miller would not be playing right guard for the Carolina Panthers, and David Newton tweeted out, Panthers will start Dennis Daly at right tackle for John Miller out for Sunday's game. Uh, not right tackle. Right guard? David Newton. Yeah, I know. He wrote right <laughs> Right guard? It's right guard. He can't get it right, and he does. Look, we're talking about him, right? He's a he's a genius. He's an evil genius. He's the greatest troll that never knew how to use the internet. How about that? What if you're... He's like the Donald Trump of sports reporters. Too yeah, much. no, you're, you're not wrong. The, the funny thing is, is like, I'm starting to believe that you're right. Like... Like I feel like it's this awesome. is all He's brilliant, bro. He's and, brilliant, and it's getting to me because like I hate him with every <laughs> every every part of my body. I hate like everything. Like I, I hear him get there, like all right, David Newton's next, and I immediately just assume it's a like even if it's a good question, I hate it. Like even if he asks, I love question, him, just, man. He gets more hits than I mean, like he with one keystroke threaded <laughs> right. the needle. Like he meant to say right guard. Like, what if he's not doing it on purpose? How There's no way. And be? honestly, dude, the fact that everyone's doing this now, where everyone's like, oh, I love David, dude. It's so hilarious, isn't it? Great? That's just me. Uh-huh. I'm like the only no, person that, that says that. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because, Tony, no. a lot of people are on this thing that, that he's so fucking dumb that this has to be on purpose. <laughs> it has to be. How many times... I mean, you're always known for misspelling names, right. for confusing one person with another, for posting a them. picture of one player and then calling him another. Dude, we can go on and on and on and on about David Newton just being an unmitigated fucking moron. And he is one, man. And It's like even NASCAR people fucking can't stand this guy. It's not a surprise that Matt Rule has already been annoyed by his questions. Ron Rivera was annoyed by his questions. Like, literally 
all he does is piss people off. And it, it's like he's not even good at his job. We've been through he's how many better years? at his job than anybody, bro. I'm telling Dude. you, nobody can unseat this king that is David. <laughs> Don't the you dare call him a king. Tony, this motherfucker rode the short bus with me, okay? Here, long time listener. I'm I don't want to hear that, man. David Newton is the man, dude. Listener, first time caller. Oh, hold on, uh, hold on. First time, we got to listen. To, I got to pump this up a little bit more. We're all going crazy about David Newton. Jeff here, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, love the show. I'll keep it up. I uh, will start out with saying that two of the three of y'all need a haircut. I'll let you figure out which of those two it is. <laughs> uh, starter. I want to say Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns are probably going to have double-digit sacks this year. Love it. Who do you think might be the third on our team in sacks? And do you think a third player gets the double digits? Thank you, and keep up the good work. Uh, fantastic question. I think the answer is in the interior, Cody. Fantastic question, but terrible advice, bro. Why are you hitting on our on our luscious locks <laughs> that me and Tony had growing out here, bro? Long hair, don't hey, care. Man. Hey, don't hey, be man. mad at that at that wavy gravy, baby. Come on, now. I mean, you got it, you don't, man. Shit. What, what do you want us to say, man? But um, look, to, but your question was good. Wonderful. Um. Tony, give me your answer first on this. Like my answer like- is gotta be Derek Brown, like this interior line. I don't know who it is specifically. Like, I don't know if there's gonna be somebody else that pops off 10 sacks on that joint. Right. But if Derek Brown is responsible for four sacks on his own and then creates, I'm telling you, eat, eat, eat. And the other, I guess the other safe bet would be. Phil Snow loves to blitz a safety like a motherfucker. Yeah. Jeremy he will Chen, send maybe. the safety blitz. So just count on, just pick one of them. And maybe they're going to get like four. That's it. But like t- double digits, tough. Double digits is a tough ass. What are you going to say? Or any interior. Yeah. You know he is. He's going to be like, why GM? No way. No way YGM gets there. He's not going to get the reps to be able to get that. Uh-huh. I don't I know mean, if anybody. How about this? Do you really think that three players are going to have double digits? And I'm not saying that they're all ridiculous. Not a, I'm not trying to say that. But like that, that is, if if this defensive front gets 40 sacks, like how are they dispersed? Bro, I'm telling you right now, like it's, you said Brian Burns to get 12. I think Brian Burns is going to exceed that and probably push 20. Like, I think he could very well be, you know, I know that sounds crazy, but he could very well put up cracking numbers, you know? Yeah, what what did Maybe. he get? 13 wow. that year? No, he yeah. got like a pretty good amount. He probably got close to 20, didn't he? No. Really? Yeah, dude. No, I thought he uh, about fifteen. Is the highest I remember anybody doing. And it might somebody have been. give me. A... No, wait. Did he say I promise I'm gonna get over twenty that year? And he didn't. He got thirteen. Isn't that what it was? I don't know what the number is, but if yeah, anybody point, on this team gets thirteen sacks, I'm gonna be like. I remember before the monster. season, he was like, he was boastful that yeah, I'm gonna get twenty sacks. That's probably what yeah, it was. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just kind of he. Go crazy, and we all believed him at that point in time. 
I mean, listen, I don't know if there's going to be a third player getting double-digit sacks. Um, I, I mean, a part of me maybe wanted to say Derek Brown, but even still, if you've heard me talk about Derek Brown before. He's not really he's not, a no, he's sack, not a pass yeah. rushing. Yeah, he's not that pass rushing three-technique defensive tackle. But he's mean as Aaron fuck. Donald. Yeah, but he's, he's meant to be fun, yeah. Though. He's meant to be that big powerful space eater in the middle who is so dominant that you have to put one and two guys on him. I mean, he's going to line up directly over the center or maybe a shade to the right or left. I mean, he's that true 1-0 technique defensive tackle for us. But, you know, even though he's not getting all the fancy numbers and stats, I mean, that guy is going to be the most important part of our defensive line. Not Brian Burns, not Hassan Reddick. As much as we love those guys, everything is going to flow through Derek Brown being able to get consistent penetration on that offensive interior every week. The best Panthers defense I've ever seen was the 2013 Panthers, I believe it yeah, was. Yeah, same. The Savage. 12-4, um, 60 sacks, right? 60 sacks. Think about that. It's like that if team we will really... never get the respect that it deserves just because the Seahawks were... that season. Yeah, because they were the best, <laughs> the yeah. next best of in history. Yeah. But how do we, I, I, no matter how excited I am about this team, 60 sacks seems like, un, like, it seems like an unfathomable number. Right, and I'm not saying this team has to do that to be successful, but gosh, we're sitting here trying to figure out how does 40 work out. How good was that 2013 team? Good lord! Mm-mm-mm. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's go to the next call. Next call. Next. Jeff here, long time listener, first time uh, caller. Same call. uh, next one. Was Hannon? Was Hannon? Carolina motherfucking <laughs> life. What is Hannon? We brought the dog because no yeah. whatsoever. And you see, I saw some dumb shit about CJ Mosley saying something about taking him lightly. You gonna get your ass wiped? Some dumb shit. Maybe wipe your own ass. QT zero. Feeling good. All right, league. let's talk about this. The Panthers picked up Royce Freeman though. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that earlier in the week. Uh, former third round pick by the Denver Broncos, Oregon guy. The Panthers are trying to find answers in the kick return game in the kickoffs. I've heard that Chuba Hubbard will be doing kickoffs. Who's returning putts? CK, we are used to this. Who right. the hell returns punts? It's every year. I was at a camp where I saw Ben A. Ben Wickery fielding them. They're just like, who who can do this back here? When will the Carolina Panthers get it right? Dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know when we're going to be getting it right. I think it's uh, um, it's hard to say, bro. Like, we, we haven't had one since Steve's. I, I think we haven't had a consistent one since Steve. I mean, to be fair, though. Like, what teams have had a consistent punt returner? Because typically, if an elite punt returner is an elite punt returner, they end up turning into an elite wide receiver, and they don't want them fielding punts, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I think this constant, like, I mean, look at, you know, Pharaoh Cooper, for instance. He was a Pro Bowl returner, and he still didn't have a team until we signed him last year. And he's not; he doesn't have a team now. 
I don't think that there is going to be like a solid punt returner that we're going to have that, you know, we're going to be like, all right, yeah, this is the guy, you know, for the next five years. I think that it's a special teams position. And and unfortunately, like, I think there's so many people that could do it, but the people that, that are going to excel at it are good at what they do on the field. That's not like punt returning and they don't want to risk the injury. So I don't, I think we're going to constantly have this, this, con, this just cycle of, of, you know, we get a, you know, punt returner every year. And correct Ted me if Ginn I'm wrong. was the last threat, last threat, dude. Isn't, isn't the punt returner supposed to be a burner? Like, these guys are supposed to be a threat to take it to the house. And I feel like Chuba Hubbard. Not, and, but and he, by the right. way, it, by the way, he did uh, have some good kick returns in practice. I remember them talking about him. But to me, he's not really a danger to break out a long kick return. He's like a four, I five, think he's four, probably, uh, I, at least, don't think of him as a punt returner, though. A kick returner and a punt returner are kind of different. I know it well, seems strange, but the kick returner is kind of the run, the straight line speed guy. You know what I'm saying? They ain't trying to dance. So at least maybe that gives it to him, you know, right. a little bit. Is that we're not asking him to be the joystick or something on punts. The question is, who the hell is returning punts for this team? Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Who's our punt returner then? I know. I don't know. I mean, what? Maybe Brandon Zilstra? I mean, listen, if Brandon Zilstra is still going to be on our Why is that going to help? That's not going to help. My, He's like my, six foot okay, five. But, but, we need somebody yeah, that can run, like you said, somebody who is nimble, somebody who's agile. We even heard... Matt Rule come out and say, well, I guess in situational places we can put DJ in. The punt was terrible. Yeah, but if I don't we're know Panther if fans punt- right now, we got to be rooting for them to take the special teams out of the game. I just don't know if I want them to put one of our major offensive pieces no. back there on I'm punt return. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, Zilstra's on the team. I mean, I don't know off the top of my head what 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 kind of – 40 the guy runs, he's like six three like, though he's he's like a tall guy he's not a punt returner guy he's a tall guy he's that's what i'm saying like if all right so he bet you know what he better ask catch a punt or else why else is he on this team that would be my question excellent question is why the hell is zilstra on this team if he can't even catch a punt he's too tall though. yeah not gonna I mean, happen. We'll to, you know I, what he I makes think, me rem- he reminds me of the Jerry Richardson's lawn boy. No, no, you mean his illegitimate son? Yeah. What what was Brent, his name again? Brenton Burson. That was yeah. that was that was his son. That's he, what he reminds and, me of. And that's why he was on the team all that long. They, they were neighbors. He was neighbors growing up to him. And we already know how Jerry Richardson was with these uh lady folk out here. All right, let's by the way, I'm not call. even like, I really believe oh. that, by the way. <laughs> All right, next call. Hey guys, it's Joey. What up, Joey? I'm Joey. drunk right now. Anyway, guys, uh Did you say I'm drunk right now? I was now? thinking that um Me too. I forgot what I was gonna say. I was thinking <laughs> that uh Carolina Panthers are gonna have a great game. Mm. It's going to be so fun to be there. I don't even care what happens. I mean, well, I mean, I'll probably come home being real pissed if we get creamed by the Jets, but. At least you won't have. I wouldn't care. uh, I mean, mean, if we lose by one point to the Jets, I mean, whatever. It's week one. 
it's 2021. We all know what happened last year. A lot of those people are going to be at the stadium for the first time. I was at the stadium for the Steelers game. I did go for the preseason game. That game was full right. of babies. Come on, we got to reason why I say the perfect sure. game to take my girlfriend to. Uh-oh. I'm going to be taking my girlfriend to that game. Anyway, guys, I think we're going to have a great game. I think we're going to win. And wow, wow, wow. All right, let's go to the next call. Oh, look, it's Joey again. Or my be? Hey, guys. Joey, I'm kind of drunk right now. That is. <laughs> anyway, guys. Uh, All right. So um, we've been through the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098, where each and every week you can be a part of the show. This week coming up, we have um, the post-game show. And at least I would say, Cody, are you going to circle jerking on Friday or what? No, we're not going to circle jerking on Friday. Uh, people i feel like we shouldn't even talk about it and when i say don't talk about it don't talk about it well it's it there's it's actually kind of funny because there's a select few people that were a part of it that got to see it that got to experience it live before the video was then subsequently deleted so yeah man Hey, I'll do my best to try and keep a penis out of your YouTube video, okay? I may not always be successful, but I'll do my best, okay? I'll do my damnedest. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then just be grateful that you didn't see the first part of the Friday (laughs) free-for-all last Friday, man, because, um... Dude, dude, let's, let's just say some people are actual dicks, you know? Literally. Listen, listen. We might get more people watching now just because of that. Like, is it going to happen tonight? No, we might get our channel canceled. I felt like we were under the radar because it was deleted. But, like, y'all dicks. Keep them in. Friday free balling. Just the internet. It's just the internet of people that are trolling around looking for live shit Mm -hmm. to do shit in. I mean, that's what happened. Is somebody. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's actually uh, about that. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was even saying during the show that I had PTSD about whenever I would bring somebody in because I was like, I know, oh, <laughs> you're like, gonna be another can. fucking swing. I know. Dude. Show yourself. Like, show your dick, motherfucker. Show it. <laughs> well, and he was in the. He was trying to even trick me again in the in the waiting room, trying to put up like fake webcams of like. This old white dude wearing a Panther shirt just so that way oh I could bring him God. in for him to show himself again, dude. Uh crazy. For those of you who don't know what happened, people are, people are people are people were con- are confused in the chat on, on the Friday free for all. I oh I let this one guy into the show, and it's a man jerking his self on our YouTube stream, and I took <laughs> that shit down. Instantly, dude. Took that shit down instantly. Erased the video. Atomized. Well, how long is it? Was it 2021? Out of my nine years on the internet. I have thankfully <laughs> not had a dude jerk off on my YouTube Maybe stream. Cody, Cody, Cody has had two incredibly yeah. awkward instances up to this point. What was the other one? Remember, no, the remember, remember, remember the Scottish dude was that? Cody, 
You you take your fucking horn <laughs> collar. It was that like, call me Cody or something because it couldn't pronounce my name, bro. Didn't he say oh, you yeah. couldn't even yeah. fuck your your brothers? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, he was saying all kinds of dumb dude. Um, what does that say about me? Maybe dicks are just attracted to me. Like maybe I've got that quality about me. I don't know. You're you're why I'm here. Oh, dude. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm I'm glad I bring some of you here. Oh, I, I man, would I would sorry, hope. Bro. Hey, hey uh, if you're gonna expose your penis, just give us like a warning first. You know, don't just brand it out. Oh, God damn! Did y'all not? Did y'all not see the Me Too movement? You can't just do that shit to people right. anymore, man. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta ask first. Ask me if I want to see your penis <laughs> before you just fucking whip it out on me, dude. Cody, would now, you come on? Would you like no? To like, see no, no later, more questions. Later, <laughs> this later, question is We gotta get to some ice up pigs, which obviously have to do with dudes jacking off on YouTube on a stream. What <laughs> I can't even get past this. Nine years and yet a Scottish guy molested you. He verbally assaulted I verbally you. Verbally molested you. Yeah, he verbally assaulted you. John yeah. Barrera said he was he was I doing feel- a live audition for a manscape <laughs> model. <laughs> Get ten oh, percent off uh CPMP podcast. Anyway, all right. And Kevin's right. It is a break. bunch of it is a bunch of dicks on the Friday free for all. So come join us and have fun. I heard dicks are fun without your thing in your hand. Yeah. You know, proverbial dicks. It's it not real. Not a circle jerk Friday. It's a free. <laughs> All right, um, uh, ice up bigs. How do we ice up somebody in the midst of that? I feel like we should ice up this podcast. Good God. Uh, I've got one, but bigs. I've only got Come on, one. give me one. I know, I've been, I, I know I've been coming with the I'm rapid ready. fire, but I don't have a bunch tonight. I just have the one. Uh, and we've already kind of touched on it a little bit, man. You know, we've talked about Charlotte media as a market and, and just how you know, our our beat reporters and even the fans to a certain extent, although that's changing and we're helping to change that. Um, but the, the beat reporters, they're very nice. They don't really step on people's toes. And I'll be damned if it doesn't seem like whenever one of them gets a chance to peace the fuck out and go somewhere else and move on to bigger pastures, uh, they're ready to do so, man. We are not a final destination for anyone, um, Jordan Rodriguez ended up going to uh, Los Angeles. Now Lennon Getzenberg is uh, going up to Buffalo uh, to join the Panthers North up there. Uh, keep rumbling, you know. Uh, and I'm just disappointed, man. Like I want, you know, I want some more prestige among the Panthers, both on the football field around the fan base like i want panthers fans to eventually become you know yeah one of the most loyal diehard fan bases that there is and i also want it to be an honor to like write for this football team for people to like come and want to write for the panthers and by the way i'm not saying that they don't it's all business they're all getting promoted and getting paid and doing what's best for their career but i just want you know, people to take pride in being a Panthers reporter. No matter who you work for, no matter who you do it for, I want this to be a destination for everyone. 
And, you know, look at how many people the Observer has let go from uh, Well, because person. they ain't making no money, bro. They ain't making, they ain't making no money. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, man. So I, I'm just icing up the media market. Um, put some respect on our name. I want some people that want to be here and take pride in, right. um, you know, reporting for the Panthers. And again, it's not saying that they don't, but it just feels like for most of these beat reporters, Marcelo Bijax, Jordan Rodriguez, Alana Katzenberg, uh, I mean, people just, they're here for a minute and then they move on yeah. to what is ostensibly a better dead, job. Bro. Print media is dead, and the Charlotte Observer is a relic at this yeah. point. I mean, it just comes to this, is that it's not going to happen anymore. Is why do you think all the people that we actually like to read their stuff are leaving? They ain't staying. It's because other people are going to pay them more somewhere else. Yeah, like, and it might be reality. $5 more. It might not be much, to be honest. Like, I mean, they can pay, like... Forty thousand dollars for what they do, but the here's observer, and then they go to the athletic for sixty-five. Here's the difference: is here in Charlotte, uh, you have uh, number one, you have an uncertain team, right? Um, with the Panthers, and and outside of that, we don't have a like a super incredibly like you know, it's not a sports city where people are like so proud to live in Charlotte because they're sports teams, right? Um, so you have that, but I think it also boils down to like where Jordan Rodriguez went to the Rams that's in Los Angeles, you know, Bigger talk Morgan. about, you know, t- yeah. talk, talk about the upside, like regardless of, they could literally take a parallel promotion or accept a parallel position where they're doing exactly what they were doing, but they have a much higher trajectory. They can go on, go into the bills, right? Cause you're going to have a, you know, it may not necessarily be the greatest place that people want to go play there. Right, but they they have a, a much larger media market than we have, you know, and so I think there's there's that part to it as well. It's not even just about our team; it's about you know the uh, the the area in which they're going to be you know reporting. Yeah, and Buffalo is a good team right now too. So, right. yeah, I mean, again, I don't I, I don't blame her. You know, I, I just uh, I, I want everything related to the Panthers to continue to build. I want the fan base to get more fervent. I want the team to become more dominant, and I want I want it to be you know, uh, you know, uh, an esteemed job to have writing content and being a reporter for the Carolina Panthers. And I just I feel like we're still building that. We're not there yet. My right. number one ice up pick goes to the people that didn't give a thumbs up to this show. As you've watched the entire thing, there's 103 people watching. Shame on you for not just giving a thumbs up. My name's Tony Dunn. The number's 252-228-5098. My ace up pick this week. Hmm. I don't even have a great one. Um, All right, I do have one. It's not a great one. I'm with Cody's virtue signaling. I'm icing up virtue signaling. I think this, Do it. and heaven forbid me, I am this uh, Italian Catholic. I'm tired of the COVID mess. I think that the all of this is about optics, and not all of this. I don't. I don't want to say COVID is about optics. I'm not saying that, but like everybody is about optics, not about the real principle. And recently, somebody was telling me about this. abortion law that they passed in Texas that you got like 
It's like six yeah. weeks, and you get like ten thousand dollar reward if you turn people in. And look, I have no idea what the law says. And and again, with COVID, I don't know the science or anything. I just feel like everything is you're just trying to virtue signal all this stuff. But if you are anti-abortion, then you should probably be anti-death penalty. Just throwing that out there. It's funny that they're both the same. Like they're people who like support the death penalty are the people that right. uh, hate abortion. It is kind of funny that it kind of. I don't know what you should be, but I feel like if you don't like abortion, you should also not like the death penalty, and vice versa. If you like the death penalty, maybe you should like abortion. <laughs> Isn't and it, that strange? Like it's always and, it's always it's always funny to me that those are Republican issues too, because the whole Republican ethos is like. Get the government they're out of my Repu- fucking life no, in every way, shape, Democrats or possible. No, the Democrats are like this. Like all I'm saying is this: is that like you either like life or you don't like life, right? And then and the and again back to the COVID shit too. Virtue signaling. Don't make me wear a mask just because it looks cool. Where do things because you truly believe it. I go, I've been to all these places and there's like a million people together and then they walk out of a million people and they put their mask on. Dude, did you see? Oh, it's just shot. virtue signaling. Like yeah. it's virtue signaling. It's like nobody is living their lives in what they believe. They just say this shit. And that's yeah. where I'm going back to the abortion. That's where I'm going to the killing thing. I'm going to the Corona. God, stop it, folks. Yeah, people want to want to uh, feel make themselves feel superior while also making other people feel stupid. Yeah, and, it's just and by, yeah, by the way, the whole goal they, is to make others someone else. Yeah, feel and shitty. they you know they feel like they're doing something good, but they're actually hurting the cause that they Not claim good. to advocate for, and, and even doing that. Uh, by the way, and it's still kind of on the same thing. I wanted to give a shout out just to the city of Charlotte this weekend, uh, hosting that Clemson-Georgia game, like, especially after last year and, and COVID, like, dude, the dude could not drive the, this weekend, man. Charlotte well, it wasn't was just that. They had, the whole, they had the whole classic. They had the ECU played there and played AMP on Thursday. Every night they had a big game there. Yeah, I mean, this whole... You know, from the middle of the week up until, um, from the middle of the week up until you know Saturday, there was a ton of games. But man, dude, there was so many people, so many Clemson fans showed up. You know, Sarah Juwan about the game, it was embarrassing. But you know, there was a whole lot of orange uptown Charlotte this week, and it was just good to have people, you know, back in a football atmosphere. You know, and that was just really cool. I'm hoping to see more of that this year. CK, you got an ice up pick for us? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good candidates. I sent one um, earlier this week or late last week uh, to the group chat to show you guys uh, what my ice up pick was going to be this week. But I think you could also, there's there's one that, you know, I'm going to go with, but I think I, we want to do a mini ice up for the targeting calls in college um, that have happened the past weekend. Uh, and, uh, and I, I think if anybody watched camp competent confidential, the final episode, it was like a garbage episode. It was the worst one that they've ever, that they've done. Um, so I wanted to say ice up to the, you know, normally a really good media team with the Panthers. They seem to really phone that one in. It felt like they even, um, 
they decided to like it was like five minutes before the release time they're like oh we forgot to do this that's what it felt like <laughs> it literally just felt like they put together just the most random stuff like normally there's kind of a story to it this was literally just footage that was all really that you were getting out of it um, nothing confidential obviously yeah nothing confidential dude nothing at all uh i mean you got a little bit of robbie anderson you know signing his stuff but that was even very metal like just kind of you know uninteresting it was here's sign the paper you're good anyway um but my real one is there was this guy who went on tiktok um last week uh crying like full-on crying 22 year old guy his name's aj wallace okay he was his his whole thing is he he quit his job making a hundred thousand dollars a year snuck into an event to ask Logan Paul to hire him. Mm, And when he got turned down by Logan Paul, because he snuck into an event and begged him and cried and said, I need a mentor. I need somebody to help me after making a hundred thousand. He went to TikTok to complain about it and cry about the fact that he just like Logan Paul was bragging about how he made 3 million. I only made a hundred thousand. I quit my job to go ask him for a job to, you know, to ask him for, you know, to him to hire me so that I, I'm like, are you fucking insane, bro? This kid's 22 years old, making a hundred thousand dollars a year, decides to go out and fucking quit and ask another, like, it'd be different if he quit to go and do it himself. Right? Like, all right, you do your thing. If that's your dream, you know, obviously do I encourage you stop making a hundred thousand dollars? Absolutely not. As long as you, I mean, if you have a big savings, go for it. Right. But to then go quit your job to go ask somebody else with no credentials on you, like no reason why you should be able to, why, like there was nothing. You just literally verbally assaulted him by going, or just verbally, I guess I shouldn't say assault, verbally just surprised him just to put him on camera and ask him for a job. I mean, what do you expect? Is that not the sense of entitlement that like that people talk about with young people nowadays? Like that is a hundred percent entitlement, uh, and it's just unbelievable. I thought that was so hilarious. I don't know if you watched it, Tony or Cody, but it was absolutely I've fucked. Seen it. So uh, I've, I've seen Cody, the video. I've got to ask something. I got to bring in there. Is uh, what if you were trying to become a porn star? And you uh, quit your job and then tried to jerk off on the Friday free-for-all. Oh, my God. That would be equivalent, dude. Good. That'd be a a bad way to become a porn star. (laughs) Just like this was a bad way to become Jake, whatever his name Uh, is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, no, no people. I feel like today's. I can. I have the video if you guys want to watch it. Like that's I have. I don't want to watch this guy jerk off on this. No, 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 Uh, no. no, (laughs) The one of the guy crying and and Logan Paul turning him down. That's it. Yeah, you put it up. Hold on one second. Let me do it. Yeah, once you put it up, Cody, you will never live this down. I I didn't do it, man. It wasn't my dick. Oh, you got to turn the sound on. Can you hear it? No. No, I can't hear it. Mm. Hey, do I me need... a favor. Hey, send me that link uh, in the... It is in the group. It's in the DMs. You can scroll up a little bit. I don't... Oh, I got to do it. You got to no, do, do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, it's from Thursday. It's from Thursday. 
What about my man who uh, didn't? Is this the same guy that quit boxing and started boxing back? Retired, didn't retire. No. He's a badass. That or is that his brother? Logan or Logan? Yeah, he's the one that boxes. Yeah. Which yeah, is so the one the, that the, just this is like the, the, the guy that you're it's about. To see. He's got heavy hands, bro. The guy that you're about to see is the guy who boxed Mayweather. Oh, the guy that boxed Mayweather. All right, yeah. Let's see where you go. No, wait, I'm. It's a story. Sorry, I just talked to Logan Paul. I mean, like he was just being nice, and I get it. Media, whatever, he has to be nice. Before I approached him, he was bragging about making three million dollars. This is. I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Twenty-two. I do make a hundred thousand. That's cool, and I want to. Read that. Lie, man. He's lies. I want to do these things. Read this comment too, are you? <laughs> Get this shit out of here. Yeah, I don't Like I did come up here by myself. I do have family, but we're not the closest. It's not true. And I, I don't have really I close do. friends. You know, there's that millions of people trying to do what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Watch the clip, okay? No, I no, I didn't. I quit my job. No, wait, I'm. I'm I'm sorry. I'm interested. Sorry, I quit my job legit two days ago. I came up here, took a risk. I'm originally from Ohio. Did you sneak up here? No, I didn't sneak in here. That's your like fucking pitch. Yes, I did. You want? It's one of the sneak. I'm sorry. I just. Did you print the ticket and stuff? No, I just need to talk to you. I really, I'm trying to talk to your brother. I'm trying to talk about business. Trying to talk about trying to get a job. Like I want to, I want to do media. I want to. I've been you, trying to. Get, what do you good at? I was having dances. I did like What's that. I did, I, I did that video. You know, like. It seems like, like okay, you know. I know. I mean, like, 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 I need a lot of air time. Why would I do that? I want to be. I want to be like. Uh, I'm 22 years old. I'm just trying. I bet. I can't be a mentor right now. Right, my life. I'm a fuck up myself. I need a mentor. You know what I'm saying? Like I need connections and you need people be around you. No, I didn't have connections and people around. I have Jake. Is it? Do you have a brother? Do you have people? You, friends? I don't. I didn't have connections. I don't have my friends. Yeah. I don't. You don't have friends? I don't. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm here by myself. I'm here by bro, myself. Where are you from? I'm from Norwalk. Bro, Ohio. you're a good looking guy, bro. You have friends, bro. You're fucking lying. You have friends. <laughs> go, go make content. Do stuff with your friends. I'm glad you quit your job. It takes balls to do that, bro. But like now you got to act. Like he won. Bro. Dumbass crybaby won. Bro. I actually think Jake Paul handled that situation Dude, I would have just fucking kicked him out immediately, bro. Like, I mean, that's just like even with him, he's everything he did sounded fucking whiny. Like, yeah. that's the thing that bugs me is it sounded so whiny because it was all fake. Yeah, like, dude's just like I don't think I, I think he a hundred percent snuck in there and he a hundred percent tried to do a sneak video to ask Logan Paul for stuff and like I think it was a hundred percent meant to try to get views. Do I think he quit his job? I don't know, but he made himself look like a complete douchebag on 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 just a, a very wide like just on a on a the amount of people that saw that video that now thinks that guy is a horrible person is unbelievable. Like I can't uh, believe it. I said to him, uh, we start the picks this week, and that is, uh, does anybody? I'm voting for the Panthers to win. Anybody yeah. going to take the jerk move and say the Panthers? Are Owen one to start, or are we in unanimous? I think we're unanimous. Decision. I think, I think uh, even with uh, with your boy coming on, Scott, like him telling us, 
like really kind of breaking down what we're going to see out of the Jets defense just solidified it for me. Like they have too many question marks on their offense already. But when you're talking about that many defensive question marks, like our offense, people be about to be talking them. about us after this week. Yeah. That's oh, what I'm thinking. I think people are going to be talking about the Carolina Panthers. after. This I agree. Week. I know I will be on Tuesday. Cody, you're not going to be one of those dudes that picks the Jets, are you? Fuck no. The fuck I look like. Get the fuck I'm, out I'm of here. The Carolina Panthers <laughs> are winning 35 to 10 at nice. home. I'm with you, man. I like bank. that. I'm with that score. Boom. We're coming out here to slap fools right across their stupid I'm with that. mouth and make them rue the day they ever thought they could share the same field as the Panthers. That's the shit that I'm on. That's what I hope everybody. Sam on, Darnold teaching them the truth. All right. The number is 252-228-5098. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. It's the longest running Panthers podcast. You can find it on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast at. Please, if you're watching on YouTube or wherever, Facebook, thumbs up, share. That's all I ask for you to do. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. That's free, but you best check out my man, Cody Lashney. How can they find you, brother? Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. I'm always giving my Panthers hot takes on Twitter, talking stuff about football. Um, you can also find all my work on drafttech.com. Where I'm the Panthers analyst for the Carolina Panthers, where I write first and second round picks for the Carolina Panthers. And you know what, Tony Dunn? A dick will not deter me. Get A dick will not deter me. Friday. We will continue to have the Friday free for all at 7 p.m., where you can join the show. Now, you must have clothes on when you do. But <laughs> if you do have clothes on, you can come on. You can talk about these Panthers. You can tell me that I'm dumb, that I don't know shit about this football team. You can tell me I suck. I don't care. I want you to come on and talk about these Carolina Panthers and tell me what you think about this football team, man. Every single Friday, I'm seeing more and more people from this chat coming on, talking. I'm actually meeting you guys for the first time. It's been an incredible experience to be able to put names to faces I'm having fun with it. That's every Friday, 7 p.m., Friday free-for-all on this YouTube channel. Tony, that's don't be me. Don't be a dick and uh, hang out with us. Um, also, CK, I want you to drop this joint on Thursday. Is that too much? That, uh, uh, that video? Yeah. No, bro, I we think, can't do it I on Thursday. That's bit- the first day of uh, that's, uh, Thursday Night Football, dude. All right. We when can't. We can't compete. It. We got to do it Saturday. Nobody's gonna look. Just get it out there. It's so hey, good. Hey, but what do quick. I need to do to help? CK's been doing these. Um, he's been and actually Madden. you, yeah, Cody and, and you and Cody did as well. Madden simulations doing the commentary has been gorgeous. I want it sooner than later. I mean, I guess I could do them Wednesday nights. I mean, get them out to you for Wednesday. Not Wednesday night, every night. I'm just ready for this one. <laughs> what is going to happen? I mean, I can't wait to hear you talk about Sam Darnold <laughs> facing his former team. What can we do to help 
uh actually what can we what can we expect this week should i say you know we have uh we have a solid 53 man roster now um mm-hmm. we have uh an idea of of number one we know the, the i've, I've got to make sure we get the roster for jets up to date like ea is not greatest with updating the rosters they still have will greer on our team um oh. so i've got he's with the texans by the way yeah yeah he's a he's oh, did he sign with the texans i think so i think i, I thought I he went with that. dallas Oh, oh, it was Dallas. One of those Texan teams. You're right. Joey Sly. Joey Sly. Joey Sly was, Joey with, the Sly squad, was yeah. with the Texans. That's right. Yeah, it went yeah. to the practice squad over there. Um, but, I mean, you're going to – we have a lot to talk about. You know, this is going to be the game one of the, the actual, like, actual meaningful games that we're going to have to deal with all year. And, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of different narratives. You're going to have uh, the Robbie Anderson. And, uh, you know, we don't want to talk about Sam Darnold. We got to also think about Robbie Anderson was in on this mix, too. Mm. Right? We have we have a lot of unknowns within our offense and our defense. Our offensive line is going to be put to the test with that defensive front. Um, you know, I know it's not the greatest defensive front, but it's going to be something that you know it's still going to be um, uh, you know something we have to 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 try to. Uh, we're going to be able to see what this offensive line is about and if there's going to be need for rotation uh, or anything like that. Sea Dog, this is one thing I will agree with you on. Madden 22 is not the greatest. Um, they've updated it. It's gotten a little bit better, but you know, it's uh, I'm not. I don't have it for the purpose of of playing the game and enjoying the game. I have it for the purpose of being able to do these simulations and have some extra Panthers content that we can put out for you guys. Um, so uh, you know, that's uh, that's what we plan on doing, and just be on the lookout for that. It's going to be every week uh, before the actual Sunday or before the day the uh, typically the day before the actual game is going to be. So obviously we play on Sunday. It's going to be that Saturday prior, um, and and that's going to be a continued thing until uh, until you know we we blow this thing up and we can start getting some uh, real personalities from the Panthers media to even be a part of it. When where can they find your work, CK? You can find me uh, anywhere really. Coat Dizzle underscore Allen, uh, Twitch, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all of the above. Come uh, come check me out, man. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. My name is Tony Dunn. You can follow me at on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles as the East Carolina Pirates trying to take down their stupid ass Gamecocks this week. The, the Pirates man, are trying to climb out of the muck when it comes to college football. Oh, y'all play South Carolina this week? Yeah, yeah, we played oh, Appalachia. Anyway, anyway, hey, I'm uh, pulling for you, brother. Go and see you, baby. Knock them coots down the peg, man. Here we go. Here we go. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Sunday post game show, folks. Panthers week one. We're gonna have um, uh, New York Jets reporters coming in to talk about it. We're gonna have your calls two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Hit me up. Subscribe. It's free. We'll see you uh, Sunday. Keep pounding. Go Panthers. Get us out of here, Cody. Keep pounding. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.